0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 599 of Conversation Street. We are going to be talking about the quarries that were broadcast in the UK between the 23rd and the 25th of October. That is episodes 11,091 to 11,096. Happy 599
1: Gemma.
0: What are we doing for 600? <laughs> I know, you. literally nothing. Well, I, don't, I don't. We had
1: a pretty good bonus episode and uh, we wanted to get it out as soon as possible. It was our there, interview yes. with uh, Todd Boyce aka Stephen Reid. So there's no point sticking around and keeping it to 600. We thought we'd do it and we'll try it while they're on top. There, there was
0: talk of maybe putting it off for another week, but no, literally we haven't got anything planned for episode 600. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know whether lots of podcasts actually do do things every 100 episodes anyway. None of the podcasts I listen to do. We seem to have done something big-ish every 100. Okay. But anyway, if anyone's got any suggestions or if anyone wants, you know... If whisk us off to a, yeah, a, a, a star I've
1: got starry night at right. um,
0: Manchester then We're that's not going to. but anyway yeah Stephen Reid interview thank you to everybody who, um, who wrote in and uh, enjoyed that thank you to everybody who came along to the live premiere of it on YouTube the other day that was a lot of fun and it was a good one wasn't it it was a nice nice chap
1: oh definitely loved him also loved the fact they had a pool a picture of a pool behind him in tribute. I'm sure to oh, yeah, Stephen's I best. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, to, to, to So thank you very yeah. much, Todd Boyce, for coming yeah. on the show.
0: It was fun. I was really glad to be able to talk to him. We hadn't really interacted much on um, social media beforehand, and I got in touch with his agent, and, and we've been chatting away a little bit since. So it's been good. I, I and I, I did. I yeah. I, I sense you're rushing today, Gemma, but I need to tell my story of the amazing thing that happened to me this week. Mm-hmm. I went to a Turkish barber's.
1: What's that got to do with anything? Nothing. I just, you know. I thought people you were are... leading into something to do with Stephen Reed. No, that's
0: What's just my story teeth? of things that I've been doing that haven't been Coronation Street this week. Yeah, going to a Turkish barber. It. It's an experience. Well, well, well. My normal one couldn't fit me in and I was like, I need to I need to get a haircut before my Stephen Reed video interview. And you told me that I looked a scruff bag. So we, Yeah,
1: I am very critical and shallow.
0: So we so we went to my new... Tur- Which is
1: ironic, considering what I look like. Ah, it's
0: tish. Um, yeah, so we, we went to the Turkish Barbers. It's literally around the corner from us, but I've been a little bit nervous of since it opened a couple of years ago. Um, and it was fine. He was very nice, the man there. Gemma you, says that stopped, he's done a good job.
1: Have you stopped stroking your eyebrows?
0: No. Um, it is a bit of an odd one, because, yeah, they did shave my eyebrows a bit. Not like, you know... Kelly Nealon style or anything like that, I haven't got tram lines. but they, they run the shavers over my eyebrows i they're like, oh, what's going on there then? And it's just left them feeling a little bit spiky. So since Monday, I've just been intermittently stroking my eyebrows to get that.
1: You look much better than you did with the other one you did. Yes, you went to, thank which you. My,
0: you didn't like my last well, one. They,
1: they barely cut your hair. When
0: I, when I got my hair cut for my George Banks interview... You you weren't impressed with the oh, results, no. you, so I don't know. Maybe you want to go to onto YouTube and compare the videos and see which hairstyle you prefer. Please the vote best. and let us know. It all looks the same, isn't it? I got the most plain, boring hairstyle. But in just the world.
1: so you know, I get veto because they, I'm the wife.
0: They also gave me ear flaming. Yeah, no, anyone else had that before? Ear flaming at the sounds barbers like,
1: sounds like what varies to do to Jack.
0: <laughs> give him a give, give him a, a right old
1: ear flaming.
0: No, it was um. He said, you, "You you want your flame?" I was like, uh, "Yeah, uh, what what is it? It's fire!" I'm Like, oh my god! So they, they got this like bendy stick with like a giant cotton bud or something on the end, and he dipped just it in does, paraffin does and set safe. it on fire, and was just kind of waving it round my ear, apparently to burn off my ear hairs or something. I don't know. He'd already put he'd already run his shaver through my ears beforehand. so I don't it know. Looks what it looks much better than, me, than normal. Well. It was quite an experience. And it's I might the go back for more. Yeah, very handy. Do you and have a reasonable little, price?
1: Do you have a little? Um, no,
0: they didn't do a loyalty card. Because that's so, um, your favourite
1: thing, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still got my still got my loyalty card for Annie's up in Manchester for yeah for getting my my, my cup of tea. But anyway, so that's been my excitement of the week. Anything anything worth mentioning happened to you, Gemma?
1: No.
0: Nothing at all. Been a been a been a full week of work for both of us. Sadly, but we have also been watching Coronation Street. It was another Monday to Wednesday week. I think this is the last week that it's done it. I'm fairly certain that next week, week is ever. back to normal. Um, so we're recording this on Thursday night to get it out to you, lovely people, earlier. But Gemma, you are you are eagerly anticipating giving me a quiz, aren't you? I can tell you're just gagging to test me on this. So um,
1: yeah, do off you, want you go, action? lass. I got this from CoronationStreet.fandom.com, aka Coropedia. That's
0: reminded me. Sorry, I know I I know you don't like it when I interrupt you in this. Um, I noticed that Corrie people were up seeing um, Quiz the musical. Was that musical the stage? Corrie
1: people. Yeah, Corrie
0: Corrie. It's Corrie actors.
1: The, oh, the,
0: Cory cast. Yeah, the, You know, Do you remember Quiz? No. That There was the, the, the drama of the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire coughing major story yep. and it had What's-His-Face, I can't remember the actor's name, doing a very good Chris Tarrant impersonation. It's now a stage show. It looks quite good, but it's up north so we can't see it. So uh, I'll have okay. to make do with this quiz. Go on, sorry, I won't interrupt you again. Okay. I promise.
1: What did I say? Nothing, you haven't told me anything I don't know anything, what I got yet. to. 23rd of, You've literally done nothing. The 27th of October, thank you. That's what I do. That's how I (laughs) contribute. You've contributed nothing to this podcast so far. In a three and an eight, I got this from coronationstreet.fandom.com, aka Goropedia. Question number one, 23rd of October, 2013. Who moves out of the street without warning following breaking up with our girlfriend and is never heard of again?
0: Uh, uh, Is that that a... a slight tinge of sarcasm on the never heard from a never heard about again. Why would you think Because the person that, that I'm kinda of thinking of at the moment was mentioned by the girlfriend for a little while after he'd left. I'm thinking Tommy Duckworth.
1: It's Tommy Duckworth.
0: It's Tommy Duckworth, yeah. He's not been back since, but you know, Chris Patton's been through a bit of a time in the year. Uh,
1: I really in, think in that decade, Tommy Duckworth is probably the most ripe for recast.
0: I think so. I mean, he
1: could probably going to be come cast back a character, Bounder not 10 years,
0: to be honest. Okay, right. Well, what are, 2000... what are you going to say? Oh, October? What are Oh, I said I interrupt you.
1: 24th of October, 2018. Who wins the Weatherfield Good Samaritan Award, but turns out it's all a big sham? 2018?
0: Oh, well, there's been so many Coronation Street characters that have won the Weatherfield Good Samaritan Award. I don't Good think Samaritan any of them have Award. done it. That's None of them have done it shambolically. This. Well, it wouldn't... No, not. It can't be Aggie because she's not been in it long enough.
1: What, what would that be was a sham?
0: It, Gemma. And why would she
1: get it in October when she saved or didn't? Really? Oh, yeah, no. She, this she, was, when she didn't she, save. She got Robert. it for trying to help.
0: Yeah, because What's it was a place? bit of a thin who year. Not many Samaritans. Robert Preston. That's right. Um, who did it as a sham?
1: Come on, this should be. Um,
0: I'm
1: going to give you. Uh, I'm going to hurry you. A Gemma. No, it was Michael Jude. Bur- oh, Jude!
0: Oh man, All a sham. 26th of October,
1: 1983. What does Fred G shout about that ruins Eddie Yates' stag do, oh, leading to gosh. a fight?
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, I, I can picture the fight. Uh, what was it that he did? Oh man, I don't think that's. I don't think it's going to come to me.
1: Well, I can answer the question if you I think up. that he
0: maybe reveals does he reveal something can I just
1: he reveals something, but I need to know specifically what it was
0: Ah oh, that Marion's pregnant
1: correct yes twenty seventh of October two thousand and three. How much does Tracy take from Roy and Haley to keep their baby? they think is Roy's? <laughs> this has literally
0: been happening this week in classic Coronation Street but I've not been listening. They're 10 years
1: behind at the moment. 20 years behind. 20 years. Good
0: maths, Gemma. <laughs> good, good maths. You know, that 10-year-old Amy Barlow. story she's been through this year. This is why I'm
1: this not
0: going to talk very much today. Um, oh, I can't remember what she even charges. £10,000.
1: No, it was three llamas. No, it wasn't... Yeah, it was £5,000.
0: Well, oh, I'd have gone for ten.
1: Well...
0: You low-balled them there a bit, Tracy.
1: 27th of October, 2008. Funeral of which character? Two
0: thousand and eight. Do I get any more clues than that? Should I know this one from previous questions? Here's your clue. Yeah. They're dead. Oh, cool. Um, No, I don't know.
1: It's Liam Connor.
0: Oh, yeah, you did ask me about him last week, didn't you? Oh, well.
1: Dead. That's the end.
0: That's the end of the quiz. Five question quiz. Three out of five. I'm doing
1: five questions. Nobody cares about the quiz. (gasps) I
0: do, as long as I get more than... Oh, birthdays
1: answer, so I... 29th of october faith and nicole holt who were Hope State the fourth 30th of october director walter butler and roger cheveley and dean ashton who played Aidan critchley thirty first of october i'm so jealous of people that are born on halloween it's so great uh, daphne oxenford <laughs> who played esther hayes and craig kelly who was luke strong and third of october writer and director jim O'Hannon. Happy birthday, everybody!
0: Happy birthday, everybody! Not everybody. Well, everybody, just those people, well, really—the people that are alive. Yeah, that's Done. it. Should
1: we get on with street
0: talk next? Let's do it. Okay, on to this week's street talk. Um, I wasn't really a fan of this week's Coronation Street Gemma. I found it a little bit dull. What did you think?
1: It's possible that that might be a fairly common it might be reaction. a shared.
0: Um, I did. <laughs> It just—I I don't know whether it's like the post Super Soap Week lull or things like that. I—I I, there just wasn't a whole lot that grabbed me, and it kind of did make me realise how much the Steven story was um, keeping me going and carrying me on and keeping me interested in what was going on in Corey.
1: Well, this is definitely a bit of a—I um, don't know were they relying on the Stephen storyline? Is there much else to go, to be getting on with? I, I mean, as much as it divided people, it was certainly something that people were talking about. I mean, who's talking about Ed's gambling? Who's talking about the, the, Courtney not getting a job? I, I mean, I, as, as much I think, as they're all interesting, they're they're certainly not that.
0: They're, they're, they're no Stephen, killer, Stephen Reed serial killer, but are they? But then again,
1: you know, we talk about Old school Cory and we praise it for the slice of life kind of things that are actually quite interesting in the interpersonal drama. But again, Cory just doesn't give people enough time on screen for me to really give a crap about, you know, X, Y and Z's reaction to...
0: I am finding that certain- a bit, even even though the, you know, the, the, the Ed story, like you said, is kind of a bit more... Slice of life sort of thing. I don't know. It it still does kind of strike me as not being completely relatable with all this money going in and coming out and being involved in businesses and shares. And because I, especially with 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 Ronnie, but also Ed to some extent as well, they haven't given us enough in the past to really engage with or care for these characters enough it's not as easy to get into i like the baileys generally um but this story's not particularly doing it for me i mean they they are they obviously the the daisy and ryan stuff has been the big story this year um but i've spoken quite a bit about that and how it's kind of waned in interest for me over the i don't think you're
1: alone i'm gonna say lots of i've seen lots of comments from cory fans who are saying uh it turned from a really interesting acid attack story into a affair story we could have had an affair and i said this myself we could have had an affair story without having the the window dressing of 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 everything mm. to do with this and it kind of it's so frustrating because we're we're seeing ryan recovering from an incredibly traumatic event and yeah. Okay. We we got to see him trying to deal with it in in a very unhealthy way with his online um, with his oh, own hand stuff, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But what about his hospital appointments? What about his pain levels? What about his medicine? Has he got, has he had any? Um, you know, has he has he had infections? Has he had setbacks? is is he is it tight does it feel painful can he move his neck from side to side this is something that you'll never be able to have a story about coronation on coronation street again for you know at least a decade because you've got to leave gaps between very specific stories like this yeah and we, one I might like say the same about it. serial killers whatever
0: <laughs> <laughs> i know i know i mean it, it is true that, that as much as it's good to raise awareness of certain issues and, and medical conditions and yeah, what, whatever
1: have they because they've made me
0: look out for acid if somebody's yeah. standing in front of me I with mean, a glass you know, of what looks like water i'm ducking
1: yeah before this before this story i was like i don't care if i get acid in the face it's fine <laughs> I, i'm not even bothered. probably just probably sure just stings a bit modern medicine will better get rid of it immediately and i'll have no ill effects whatsoever
0: yeah well now, I now
1: Cory's taught me.
0: Yeah, now I'm worried that if I do get acid in my face, I'm going to have beautiful young ladies throwing themselves at me. And what would I do? What would I do then, Gemma? Tell you what,
1: you get a good hiding <laughs> off me.
0: <laughs> um, no, it's it's the, the characters, unfortunately for me, of Ryan and Daisy have just been made to be a little bit less likable because of it, because of the affair. I was enjoying I I was you know I, I'm sure I'll go back to loving Daisy again but I've had been real kind of back and forth with her ever since she came in and at the beginning of this year she was kind of riding high as one of my favorite characters and I loved every single thing that she was in the stalking story line brilliant but since she's been you know, sniffing around Ryan, and now she's snogged him and been to bed with him. I know she says she's regretting it, but clearly it's leading to more. is isn't the end of that story, surely. It's just kind of made me feel a bit bad about characters that I used to used to like. Um, so, I I think The Shining light still at the moment the story that's keeping me. I mean, I, I am enjoying the, the 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 after effects of the. You know, the come down from the Stephen Reed stuff. But apart from that, it's the the Paul story that's really keeping my interest, which is weird because that's not always the case with the medical storylines. It had the potential to be quite depressing, but I think that Peter Ash is doing such an amazing job with it. That's what I'm kind of most looking forward to seeing at the moment. And because we haven't had any of that since the wedding, really, um, I'm just kind of twiddling my thumbs waiting for that to come back. But anyway, anyway, I'm sure we'll find some goodness to talk about in today's Coronation Street, and we have got six stories to chat about today. I decided to separate out, originally I had these together in my notes, but I split them up this morning the funeral stuff from the the Peter being arrested stuff because the funeral is all about Audrey and Tim and all the drama there and the Peter stuff was about him and Swain and everything so I've got the read hit and weep story first which is the funeral um, and good. then my storyline title for murderer Peter is the Peterminator
1: that's nice. his killer name yeah Peterminator something.
0: yeah yeah. No, I'm not really happy with that Is he going to get
1: one. that etched on his sunnies or something?
0: <laughs> um, we have the Ed Gamble story, which I've just gone straight with because I can't even remember what we called it last week before, but Ed Gamble seems to fit. Famous comedian, apparently. Um, Ryan and Cheating caught skiving is what Courtney was caught doing this week and then finally hope and gory which is my storyline mm-hmm. title for the hope Halloween story Yay, Halloween. Which we had teased on Monday's episode nothing since but hopefully it's going to um, lead to some some fun stuff next week you, you and Gemma as our resident Halloween lover on this why podcast why does
1: everyone love Halloween as much as I do you, I you, you're understand. excited about
0: Halloween at the bistro it shouldn't stra-
1: really be like a, an exceptional thing it's like I like Eating nice food and sitting inside being cosy. I think so. like I, I, cool. I, I
0: don't not like Halloween, but well, I'll bow Why down I and admit that you're the one that that loves it the most. I think I think it's it fun. should be loved. I think it? it's fun. So hopefully there's going to be some great Halloween stuff next week on Coronation Street. Maybe Harvey will come back for another poppet, Leanne. I don't know. We'll have to wait and <laughs> see. Um, well, would you like to do the Pterminator? Terminator? Or would you like to do the, the funeral stuff with the retail? You say hit, what you want to do. And weep. Um, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one, Gemma. What's been going on with all Tim? Oh, I loved him and, and his, his flashbacks. Bloody flashbacks this week. So
1: on Monday, he's having a bit more flashbacks. He slept on the sofa. And uh, does Elaine leave? I don't know. Did she come back? Who knows? She
0: she's I gone. I she she's gone. Why did for she now. die? Why did she come back? Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, she's getting ready to 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 disappear off to her friends on Monday, isn't she?
1: Gail and Audrey go to number eleven to see George to organise Stephen's funeral, and it's very awkward because George doesn't want to do to do this, does he? Um, and he says, "Oh, we're very backed up," but then. Um, But but Todd says yeah yeah, you know even if we weren't really busy you'd be putting us in a really difficult position because everyone on the street is uh, very anti Stephen at the moment and uh, you're kind of putting a target on our backs here because I'm gonna say a lot of the uh, a lot of the work for funeral directors is kind of geographically located. Thing is though, I don't think anyone's going. I'm gonna go to Weatherfield from uh, North Wales for my funeral because they are the best that you know young has a sterling reputation. young um, what is it called undertaker of the year award yeah todd grimshaw i
0: thought it was todd and george in this situation i'd take advantage of it like knowing where the funeral was going to be and then like maybe book uh, sell tickets afterwards for people to come and dance on his grave
1: yeah there's lots of things you can do on someone's Rest grave easy if you would don't do like that. Them. exactly <laughs> the extended package <laughs> yeah. So they don't really want to do this, but Audrey says that what Stephen did was terrible, but he still got the right to a decent send-off. And Audrey m- reminds George that Archie organized Richard fu- Richard's funeral and, you know, Richard killed
0: he killed Mary. Maxine. He killed Maxine. There I is a bench.
1: That. There's no bench to Stephen Reed's victims <laughs> no, Rufus anywhere. Rufus's wife. What's her face? Can barely remember his name. Who Teddy and Teddy and Leo got both taken out together. Who knows where the wife is here? No one cares about that. Them. So if 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 Archie was willing to do a funeral for somebody who killed a beautiful blonde young woman. Why not?
0: Why not his son?
1: Why not? He'd you want you
0: to do it, George.
1: Do Stephen? I mean, what? Who did Stephen kill? A bunch of old men. No one cares about them. Sad times, isn't it? So George.
0: He had his chance with some others, and he just blew no, it. Not beautiful
1: enough. Sorry, Teddy, Leo, and and Rufus. <laughs> None of you are beautiful young women. So George says, look, I don't know about that, but um, I, I've made a decision, and Gail suspects that. Eileen has is, is been the one to stop them from doing this funeral.
0: Little does she know, Eileen's hiding in a Eileen box all week. Care. And hasn't been doing anything. No.
1: Steve and Tim are at the cafe, and, and Steve's annoyed that Tim seems a bit distracted because he's having PTSD. And he says, yeah, you should come back to work soon. Um, I should come back to work soon. And Steve says, you can't come back to work. You've been signed off. And George comes in and overhears them talking about, about this. And um, he overhears them telling Roy about Gail coming and wanting to organise a funeral, and Tim saying, oh, you'd be black blacklisted if you do that, so it's giving him pause for thought. But then when Audrey catches George outside the cafe and says, are you sure? You won't change your mind. He's still sticking to his guns, and she tries playing the Archie card again, and uh, she shames him. Um, pff, lots of... Lots of Tim having flashbacks, and Elaine leaving, and him saying he's fine, and then...
0: I don't, I, I don't really
1: know what happened, but Elaine leaves, doesn't she? She goes away.
0: She doesn't go straight away. They're, <sighs> they're getting, she's getting her bags ready. She makes a long sing and dance, song and dance about it. As does Tim, those, few, those flashbacks, so unnecessary really 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 this didn't really, need honestly, to see them
1: like i know we had uh we had this uh you had your chat with todd boyce and he talked about steven and it we you brought up the the whole elephant in the room which is the fact that he mentioned at his fan event that they were going to get another six weeks six months of steven but they decided not to and the insinuation was that it was fan uh it was people responding to him and not liking the storyline, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but, but honestly, but... I was just going to say, these flashbacks make me think that Todd Boyce had some kind of minimum episode in his contract. <laughs> and they were like, we've got to get this in. How do we do it? Flashbacks. Just have Tim have flashbacks. Constant
0: daily flashbacks from Tim. Yeah, with well, Todd Boyce did um, clarify that it was uh, over, a, over a year or so it ago that they were talking about should we add an extra six months to this, should we have some time of him and Jenny living a normal life before he eventually got bumped And how off? dearly
1: would we have all loved that, that to have fun. happened, but it didn't, so we have to move on with our lives. But...
0: He, ta- he talked about um Ian McLeod wanting to just give it a real filmic kind of quality, a real sort of Hitchcock quality, he said. Um, he also <laughs> he also said a different name other than the Hitchcock first with a bit of a slip of the it's tongue. It's not the same. Not, not the same thing. Not the same person. Um, and... Yeah. Fine, but you don't need to carry on making it filmic once Stephen's gone. Anyway, the murderer's gone. The storyline's over. It's something else. I don't need flashbacks. Okay,
1: right. I'm going to say this. I'm de- incredibly biased against him. I hate him so much. I. Uh, it's a joke. I kind of flip between not knowing. It's a joke and not. Like, I'm not... I don't even know. Do I really like him? Is it just a joke? I don't know. But really...
0: You do. You Unfortunately
1: love him. for Tim, this comes on the back of months and months, if not years, of flashbacks and silly narrative devices that remind us of something that have already happened and... Coming as I do from from a background of somebody who's also watched loads of anime, it does feel a bit like they were going, oh, we've got to save some money on the animation. What should we do? Let's just reuse a scene. <laughs> you don't need to do that in in live action. Surely you've got reams and reams of footage you could just use one of the other takes. Is it like when they, in those watching? Disney films
0: in the seventies they reused? Uh, they just drew over the over top ones. of
1: Snow White and made a whole new no, film. The Jungle Book. Why are we? Why? Just stop doing it. I don't care. Like, I I get that, that he's, he's feeling traumatized. Character. And, um, without having to see it can we think of another way right here's my challenge to Corey can you think of another way of demonstrating somebody's mental trauma without doing a flashback again because you have so lost the Im- there's no there's no impact I don't care anymore it just feels so cheap it's like and stick a
0: filter on it do a little sound effect there we go <laughs>
1: no i don't care and it, i certainly don't care about tim and i'm certainly not interested in in seeing a surviving victim of of Stephen, because he should have killed many more people <laughs> i don't want to see any of his surviving victims having flashbacks these
0: flashbacks are giving me ptsd i'm gonna have flashbacks about flashbacks and then i'm gonna to start thinking that i was shoved what in a boot by Stephen. <laughs> if i'm
1: gonna have a flashback of anybody i want elaine having a flashback of Stephen making a funny face at her in the microwave <laughs>
0: just imagine a, uh-huh. Just imagine a dream sequence with uh-huh. Stephen just gurning. What were you at doing? Elaine.
1: You making a face at me? That's what <laughs> that's what Jeff would have done. Oh and then she can God. have a flashback of Jeff being pecked by a chicken. And then Jeff can have a flashback of Yasmin in a box. And then Yasmin can that we can go on forever, can't we? But maybe we should just stop doing it all together. What it's, do you
0: think? Uh, British soaps have no place for that kind of thing. It's just I'm gonna really say. And call just, me a traditionalist, if you like, and it's the old What's the, the purpose
1: of a, of a flashback? The per like, okay. Is to let it, us know
0: what they're thinking. To
1: let us know what they're thinking and to remind us of what happened. We know what happened and we can guess what they're thinking. I, I'm going to say that all the actors in, in Coronation Street who are important enough to have flashbacks are going to be competent enough for acting for us to see their faces and to know they might be having a bit of a, a meltdown. We don't need a flashback. I hate it. They've, Stop it. They've
0: done good, similar things in the past. And I, and
1: if I'm I gonna, normally
0: I'd be against this sort of thing, but they have done some good dream sequences. The sequence fine, where Andy was whacking a, a 2 before at Phelan, that was brilliant. The one where Yasmeen was in prison and she wakes up and there's a whole room full of Jeffs Those there. Those are I absolutely love that. And that's definitely not traditional... Corrie territory but yeah just as I say re- replaying a bit of an old scene putting a filter over it jobs are good and it...
1: don't do old every clips e- of something every episode. That happened last week yeah we know what happened that's why we're watching the show <laughs> really I'm really I've got no tolerance for it anymore I'm sorry it's just ridiculous we should
0: start just filling time in our podcast by putting clips from last week up. Well, we don't, test how we many it people, before, I'll test how many people are actually listening and concentrating on this. Every time we fancy having a rant about about special effects and it, experimental editing, back. just put in the clip of us doing it before and then we save breath.
1: Honestly. <laughs>
0: anyway, back to the show, Joe. So, so
1: Todd and George are talking about whether they should do the funeral and... Uh, Todd doesn't want to, but George is have it feeling guilty. Steve finds Tim having a quiet moment in Victoria Gardens, and he he really wants to go back to work. And Steve's... Uh, Sally's finds them, because everyone's looking. Oh, yeah, he's Tim's gone off. missing.
0: And obviously, Who when cares? somebody goes missing on Coronation they're Street... They're just in Victoria they're Gardens. They're going to be in Victoria Gardens. Maybe the precinct at a push. I don't understand why search parties aren't over and done within about 60 seconds.
1: So... Tim, Tim saying he wants chips.
0: Now, he said that that's the reason why he didn't he lied. come home. He's he said he flashbacks. wanted chips. But yeah, he actually wanted um, a flashback.
1: And I don't, listen, the thing about this is I don't want to belittle anybody's experience and mel- mental health issues and PTSD, but I just think that Corrie's doing it. They're cheapening this concept. And and we've made jokes before about it and people who work on the show have said, you know, not everyone can, you know, realistically respond to the very traumatic things that happen because then everyone would have PTSD. And this is just a demonstration of why that's completely true. Nope, we don't need everybody talking about what happened last week and how sad it made them feel. We've we're over it now. Just imagine,
0: like if a whole week was like, oh, Ed's had a flashback of last week when he really okay. lost his money. Let me just, oh, no, let me just had say a this. Of a-
1: imagine if instead of of David's reign of terror and all of the stuff he did, in as a reaction to Richard Hillman, you know, uh, st- staging his own his suicide, get back at Sarah and pushing his mum down the stairs and going on a rampage with an axe. Imagine if that was just. A week of him having a flashback of being driven into the canal for the following week after Richard Hillman's death. Mm. Imagine if that was it.
0: We have clip shows for things like that. Not needed in but, the main show.
1: But let's be, oh, honestly, this it just feels so creatively bankrupt to just have a black and white flashback. I want to do flashback watch. Coronation Street this year. How many times have you done it? Mm. Just honestly, just stop it now. So, I'm sorry, I don't normally get this as stridently I think
0: it was me that set you off on this it one, just is but I'm so feeling quite boring passionate isn't it? about it as well and
1: it's it's um, unfortunately it's a character i don't really like and and um it's not um, helping
0: to elicit any sympathy it, from it, you that's for him, the thing is it? it doesn't
1: make me feel sorry for him at all
0: it doesn't and, and, and I'm
1: gonna say also there's a definite bias here and i um I think this is awful, but this is definitely cultural about men showing their feelings like he's a he's a uh i'm going to call him middle class even though he would probably describe himself as working class because he owns a business, he lives in a very nice house, i don't think, who knows what working class means anymore, but um he's a he's a grown man, he's middle-aged, he's got kids and a wife, he's got his own house and a business, so the amount of sympathy that is meted out to somebody like that is not very high when they go through something because we kind of assume that as a grown man you should be able to manage your feelings etc. that's awful. I'm not saying that's a good attitude to have, but can you challenge that attitude by having a tired trope that's been used and overused on Coronation Street time and time again of a flashback? I don't think so. The one is thing it gonna, is it challenging anybody's anybody's thoughts about. They could really do something about male mental health, but then they did that with with um, with Steve not you know mm. within well, memory. Well, and Aiden, obviously. Well.
0: The one thing that made me feel an, an iota of sympathy for Tim this week, honestly, was his final scene on Wednesday's episode where he's standing there at the door. Sally's... Was she having a nag at him? I can't remember. And he's like, oh, Sal, I'm just really scared or something. He has a bit of a wobble yeah, and then that, a hug. Do you know That what? one moment that there, which didn't come after a flashback, that was acting. That was
1: acting. That was trusting the performers and the audience to under, to, to, to get what you... You know,
0: hmm. it
1: feels like distrusting... It just feels very cheap.
0: Anyway, must move on.
1: Everybody knows what I'm saying. Does anyone want to say that they think that? Any they proponents
0: were... of flashbacks here?
1: Yeah, don't
0: be scared. Right in, Let us because know.
1: honestly, if you if you can account for yourself in a logical way and put forward your evidence, we'll read it out. And, and often, I agree with people who say something that is gone against what I. It doesn't mean I it doesn't mean I'm going to change my mind but I just don't believe anyone likes these flashbacks. <laughs> I just genuinely don't think so.
0: I know somebody does. Ian McLeod.
1: I'm not <laughs> going to say.
0: Thinks they're great. Right, so
1: uh, Tim and Elaine get in the car. Does she go? Yeah, hopefully. She's, She's gone. Gone forever. George is back at number four, and, and he's getting the details about Audrey, uh, from Audrey and Gail about what Stephen wanted. And, and George, George's not so sure that they should bury him, because somebody might dig him up and... Bring it back to life, maybe, that'd be fun. No,
0: they say about, um, he, that maybe the headstone will be... Um,
1: Abused. Uh, yeah, I was going to say <laughs> defecated them, I don't think that's the right Some part. people might. <laughs> no, that's not what you meant to say, was it? Audrey's trying to insist on this, and George talks...
0: Defaced, Defaced,
1: maybe. talks her into having a cremation, and she just wants a small service with just the family. I'm really surprised that George had to be talked into this.
0: Well, considering how in the past he's been very much, you know, customer first. Let's make everybody feel happy and lovely, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I suppose he was thinking more of the neighbors nearby, and maybe would it be bad for the reputation of the company? But it, yeah, he 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 really needed a bit, a lot of, quite a lot of cajoling before he. I'd
1: like to see some food. kind of consequence of this. Like, is he going to lose business?
0: Yeah, maybe. Have old um, what's his face from rest easy?
1: Uh, I don't lording know.
0: It all over him.
1: I, I, honestly, Audrey and Gail could have gone to rest easy and asked them to do a Stephen special, and they would have had a blast, <laughs> wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, they would have done he loads, done loads it. of extras. Yeah. Right. So on on Tuesday we get another flashback, and Tim's Tim's having a meal with Sally at the bistro, and he's.
0: Uh, Are you glad that I gave this story? No, to you no one wants
1: me to read this out. And then she asks him, "Is Stephen going to be?" No, he says, is Stephen going to be cremated? And then she
0: says... Sally says yes, hopefully. There's not going to be any any bits of... Do you want me to take it? She says, if
1: there's any justice in the world, he'll be cremated, as though being cremated is a punishment for people who are dead... What a stupid thing to say. <laughs> Maybe
0: she's she's been watching too much zombiesy and she thinks that if he's not cremated there's just the tiniest chance I that he think might come back as an undead zombie.
1: Coronation Street meant this to sound quite so ignorant, but I'm gonna tell you It that is if, Sally talking though. If your loved one was cremated it has no reflection upon their life? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Tim comes back from work he doesn't want to hear Steve's inane banter about the oldest cathedral in the UK, which I guess was Canterbury and I was right. You did
0: you got that one?
1: Back at number eight, hooray! David's telling Audrey. I like,
0: the, I like the cathedral chat. Didn't get a shout out for Coventry Cathedral, sadly, from my my home turf. Everybody, everybody knows that's the best cathedral. No, it's the but worst. Not, but not the not the not the oldest, though.
1: No, not really. Back at number eight, David's telling Audrey that Stephen doesn't deserve a funeral, and if there is one. He doesn't want to go, and they have a bickering, and Audrey leaves. That
0: was very unusual, wasn't it? I, I get how they wanted the funeral to be quite small. Um,
1: I think David would think it was funny and go for a laugh. Yeah, I mean he went to the uh, he went to Billy and um, Paul's wedding because he thought it was funny to go to a gay wedding. As far as I can work out, and also said that Shona couldn't go. What about Shona? Does Shona want to go to to a serial killer's funeral? Yeah, I mean, she's
0: not she's not done that before.
1: No, At least it's, the others it's have on your bucket list. If you're in Corrie, going to a serial killer's funeral is like. A super good, cool event.
0: I do, uh, yeah, I th- I think that David, you're right, I think that maybe he would just go for the laugh. <laughs> but, anyway, maybe Jack Shepard wasn't available on the Friday, on well, the Wednesday episode filming or something. Tim's
1: parked in the precinct later, he's having a kip and, does he ever a flashback? I don't know. Probably. But Steve's trying to get him on the radio to pick up Beth at Fresh Goes and he goes and he High gets High drama there. here, Gemma, do you and, remember this? Oh, and, as a, she's, oh, there's a rival company called Go Lucky and she's going to get into their car because, because he late. was late. Yeah. And then they get into a bidding war about who's going to do it for cheaper. And there's a cliffhanger where we, <laughs> we have a break. That was the
0: namest break cliffhanger.
1: <laughs> Is Beth going to go with...
0: Go Appy or Streetcars? Come like, back in three minutes to find out. Uh, and go lucky. Tell you what, uh, what did I say? Something go happy. Go lucky. Sorry. Yeah. Tell you what, just, just Trevor and Connie were on the edge of their seats on that one, weren't they?
1: What's going to next, like,
0: Connie? Who's she going to go with? One
1: thing I th- I think one thing, and then the next minute I think another thing. No, I no, don't no, know, I
0: think if, she's going to go with Streetcar. Which is one is
1: going to be? And Connie's like, <laughs> no more speaking. Nobody cares,
0: Trevor. Shut Maybe up. Nobody
1: gives a crap. Um, I would
0: if I, if it was me. I'd have got into a bidding war to not take Beth.
1: I know Annoying, like you. mouthy. Who wants
0: Gobby Beth in the back of the cab with
1: a prawn ring in her bag or whatever <laughs> she had? So she says she's going to go in the Go Lucky cab because he gives her fifty percent off. And then Tim grabs the keys out of the ignition and throws them into the car park. And so Beth gets in the car with Tim. And then as they're driving off, Beth like makes a rude gesture at the at the Go Lucky cab driver. like say. What are you... Well, she kind of waves, like, sarcastically. It's I like, I mean, you don't want, you never want to go in this <laughs> cab firm again. You kind of blacklisted yourself as a customer because of why. Mm. He got there when the other guy wouldn't turn up and he offered you 50% off. And the only reason you got in Tim's cab was because he threw the keys. How is this a personal triumph for you, Beth? I don't know. It just made no sense. So I think that's probably what she would do. She, she
0: she admired his um, getting on someone's wick.
1: Yeah. Tim's driving Beth down Victoria Street. He just off to sleep and he nearly swerves into an oncoming car. And then Beth stomps out and gives Tim a good telling off. Then they go to Beth's flat and Tim's talking to a police officer outside the cab office because this other cab driver's complained to the police about him throwing the keys. But Beth steps in to defend him and saying, oh no, he was awful and... Blah, 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 yeah, blah. The other guy helped was. Helped me out. So the officer leaves, and Beth tells Steve what really happened, including the fact that Tim fell asleep. And so Steve gets mad in the cafe later when he finds out that they're going to, the shuttle bus are going to do Stephen's funeral. And he warns them that when Tim finds out, he's going to go flipping postal. Flip him postal now, says Steve. is not the story about Stephen a story about a man going flipping postal? Do you know what that means? Yeah. What was this postal going postal Shanna,
0: mean? Chucking bins around the back alley, isn't it? No,
1: it doesn't. It's based on an American thing where postal workers went nuts and started murdering people at work.
0: Oh, they should have done that in the 60s with Corey and had Frank Barlow what... and Alf, Alf Roberts doing it. That's
1: basically what Stephen's been doing, murdering people at work. <laughs> I, think, I think it was a bit of a bad... I mean, we don't really have the cultural connections to going postal in this country anymore, but it, it was a weird thing to say. Sally gets home from work later. Tim tells her about having an argument and she says he needs to apologise to Steve so he goes and apologises to George instead.
0: Oh yeah, I was kind of losing interest and at George this point but, like, but somehow um, he might work his way over to well, number George, 11. I don't thinks, know what he was apologising for He thinks for
1: that they're, for, they're not doing the funeral but then he finds out they are. Ugh. And George says... Stephen's got the same right to a proper funeral as everyone else and Tim says, well, I'm not going.
0: Oh yeah, because Todd comes in he kind of bumbles Um, in and drops him in it. He's not going to
1: get one as far as I'm concerned. What does Tim want? Does he want him to be like a sky burial? Like when they put you out on a mountain and and, um, you get a bunch of What they called vultures come and pet your eyes out. Except it would be sad little Weatherfield pigeons.
0: I think he's just gonna go and like grab the corpse and hoard it and go. No, you're not having him. He's mine. Don't bury
1: him. I want flashbacks forever. Me and (laughs) Stephen, we had a moment. Right. Well, we find out what he
0: means on Wednesday.
1: Tim's distracted.
0: He doesn't have any flashbacks on Wednesday. At least I don't think.
1: Sally's like, get over it. He's gonna get buried, and the sooner the better, right? That's correct. George warns Gail and Audrey that Tim knows about this funeral and he's going to, he's threatening to ruin it. And Sally comes around to see Gail and there has a nice scene when they talk about they're not going to not be friends anymore because everyone, whatever. Yeah. In the cafe. I don't care. In the cafe <laughs> that was nice. That was a nice I'm little sorry, I don't care about any, scene. This whole week I do not care about I wish I'd not, not seen it.
0: <laughs> oh my god I'm over this is only in the first story in
1: the cafe Tim's telling Steve you should g- I need to get back to taxiing and then Swain comes along and says to Peter which is a different oh no that's story, a different
0: story forget that we'll come As back the to hearst, that later right so then we Sorry. get Steven's the, the Stephen's funeral and they're the about day. to
1: drive the hearse away and Tim comes along and he says using my Neanderthal logic I, Tim, have decided that because I don't want the funeral to happen, I'm going to blockade it so it lasts the longest amount of time it could possibly do. What a stupid idiot. He blocks it blocks it in, and then he has a go at everybody about Stephen trying to kill him. And everyone's like, oh, we wish he had. we wish he had killed you. No, they should have, they should have said that. And, and Audrey says you're being spiteful and petty. And then he breaks the key in the lock of his cast to prove that she's right. And then Kevin turns up to tow him away and Tim's saying, don't touch my car, I, w- I don't want this funeral to happen. What does he think's going to happen if the funeral doesn't take place? It's just going to, like, turf him into, into the Seb's memorial garden.
0: Might as well just keep him here in The Undertaker's then and let him rot.
1: Yeah, forever. And then you know where he is exactly at all times. You can come and visit him and have your flashbacks in private. Right, so... Audrey's worried they're going to miss their slot because already they had a last minute cancellation and only managed to fit them in at the last minute. Gail thinks Sally's going to be able to talk sense into him. So she arrives and, and gets Kevin tries to get Kevin to move the car and she says, oh, I hate Stephen too for what he did, but this isn't the time or the place. And he strides off and Stephen he wants does. some alone time. He gets mad at Sally and doesn't want to talk to her. And then Gail's like, I don't want to go to this funeral anymore. I was really excited about it, but now (laughs) Now Tim's made me feel bad. Um, Gail tells Audrey that what Stephen has done has left Tim a broken man and he killed people and I can't go. And Audrey and Sarah are like, well, there's mini sandwiches so we're still going. And (laughs) and Gail's left with Sally on the pavement and Gail says that Tim was right. Stephen was a monster, my brother. Um, And then they drive off and there was a
0: no, they are they, they off for a brew, there don't go. they, Sally and, Sally and Gail? But
1: but back at number eight...
0: But Yeah, but there's another little cast suspiciously yeah. following after them that but turns was that, out to then? be a pap.
1: Oh, back at number eight, Gail talks to Sally about letting Audrey down when she's at her most vulnerable and Sally says she'll come around um, and it's not too late. If you want to go to the funeral, I'll take you. So Steve sits with Tim outside the chip shop later and they, they talk her together and then it turns out they get a notification. I can just imagine both of these being avid local news um, aficionados to the extent where they have a, an alert on their phone when Weatherfield Gazette updates anything. anything. Can you imagine if we had uh, with that on our The Daily Echo? Like, <laughs> oh, it's another road. There's another traffic jam. <laughs> oh no, the the local I don't know schools are closed. I don't. What care.
0: about our local serial killer? We haven't got one, but if we did. That'd probably be on that. I
1: wouldn't like that in real life, just to be clear. <laughs> so they get a news alert, and it is Weatherfield Crematorium. Um, it's definitely not, it's not Fresh Goes. It's, it's definitely not, not, not the hospital. hospital. It's definitely not the Tony Warren building. It is definitely got a sign that says Weatherfield Crematorium. So that's how you know that's what it it's is. It's just, you know, like um, in the Cotswolds, they have all that lovely blonde brick everywhere. Mm. And so it all looks the same. In Weatherfield, they really love...
0: Ooh, dark dark grey. grey
1: bricks, and so everything looks like it might be the same building, but it isn't.
0: Trust us. I really, yeah. I mean, I I know we're in a bit of a moan fest, and, and I'm not helping with this, but I really wish that they would just just go out and film somewhere else a little bit. Sometimes I know they do. I know they've had locations shoots, idea. but every if you're time you're
1: going to do a photo, just make a background of different coloured brick.
0: I. It's, it's, it's just photo- it it a photo. It takes me away from it.
1: It was literally a photo. It was a and, photograph. And the thing is that what they're doing now with having all their Coronation Straight The Experience tours, everyone knows what that building looks like now.
0: Well, and it does, like it's you say, look like the hospital in Fresco's. And and, yep. and many other buildings, and it's a it very just makes distinct, it feel a little bit cheap.
1: It's a very distinct look. There are not very many buildings that look like that. I was it.
0: hoping that we would actually get to see the funeral today. Yeah, and not only did we not get to see his final, you know, memorial, all we got to see was a little pap photo of them against the wall that we that I in my head I was like, that's just the wall, right? So I, it just took me out of it. So it was anyway. even worse.
1: So the 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 headline is Mourning a Murderer and Sally and Gail are in the photo. So, he was Tim feels noon and murderer. murderer. very betrayed. And when Sally gets home, she gets an earful from Tim. And Sally said, oh, look, I've supported my friend. I'm sorry I took Gail there. And and this is when, this is when the, the scene that should have been the only scene we got happened where they trust their actors and their scriptwriters and everybody else involved to Emote to, to to have a human connect. Do you have a human connection to a flashback? It's not a Saw movie. We don't need to see how the trap was set. Tim says, "Look, I had I had uh, nightmares. I've had a bunch of flashbacks. I think I'm a main character in the story now, um, and it's really haunting me. It's making me upset. It feels like I'm never gonna. It's never gonna stop." And so Sally gives him a hug, and he hugs her back. And that should have been the that should have been the only scene we got. I did. We didn't need flashbacks. We didn't need Tim sulking and acting like a baby. I'm, doesn't make me feel any different towards him
0: I'm kind of hoping sure that, that will be the great. end of the, the, the flashbacks
1: as, as somebody didn't like Tim surely even the Tim fans could have said that that was the strongest scene that Tim had
0: yeah, was anybody really cheering Tim on when he was parked in front of the Shuttleworths? Maybe they were, because there has been an awful lot of anti-Audrey sentiment online this week, hasn't there? Yeah. I've seen an awful lot of people saying, Oh, Audrey, you see, your son was a murderer, he doesn't deserve anything, blah, 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 blah.
1: And it's really
0: difficult for me to distance myself from the fact that I thought that Stephen was a really great character and also that he didn't really kill anyone that important. And that there's just a lot more reasons why I was hoping that Stephen would get a better send-off. I don't need to have
1: a big sentimental funeral.
0: I, I I am completely team Audrey on this. She... She had the carpet pulled out from underneath her in finding out exactly what he'd been like. And the the 60 years worth of love that she had for him, well, 30 plus, another 30 when he wasn't part of her life, I just can't see how that can completely vanish into thin air just because you found out about these terrible things that he's done. She's not going to turn her back on him and say, well, screw you then, Stephen, never loved you anyway. She's going to feel a sense of loss. If anything, she's lost the Stephen that she thought she knew. Mm -hmm. She's not burying Stephen the serial killer she's burying Stephen the son that came into her life that she abandoned as a child that came into her life that was um, you know she was really proud of because of all the success he'd had in business Um, so of course that she wanted to she wanted to have a funeral I, I get that Tim wasn't happy with it I think that if you know, in real life, take away all the drama and soapiness of it. If a serial killer, you know, somebody, you know, one of our neighbours turned out to be a serial killer and it turned out that, you know, you knew when his funeral was. Maybe you think, oh, well, I'm not going to that. (laughs) I don't know, but I certainly wouldn't park my car in front of the hearse to stop it happening. I just maybe quietly let... Let them get on with it and feel self-righteous by glaring at them through the window as the hearse left.
1: That's the British way.
0: It just came across as very, very childish by Tim. Tim Which is in character. It it winds me up a little bit because I don't like characters acting really childish. Because often it seems like it's being done for laughs. Like with George and Todd and all their bickering over the Todd working for rest easy these, these are all grown people and I wish that they would act like it a little bit yeah, more.
1: Yeah, I mean, like we said before, there's no inner monologue of characters in the soap, really. And so, unless they've got a confidant, it's difficult for us to know what they're going through mentally. And so, it's very tempting to create story scenes where they're physically doing something to demonstrate their mental anguish. And it's very easy to sort of say this makes sense that he would do this because then we can all see in a very easy shorthand way how the lengths that tim's going to go to to demonstrate his his upset and you know at the end of the day if you didn't have these scenes what would you have a bunch of scenes with sally and tim on the sofa talking about their feelings i don't really know what you would have instead I just don't want flashbacks.
0: <laughs> I can kind of see Tim's side of it. If oh, i can if yeah. I'd been smacked over the head and strangulated and and strangulated. And, and nearly died and had my yes you know, locked in a boot and had petrol poured over me, I'd probably grab the heebie-jeebies from it as well.
1: This is the trouble. This is he's got his every every right to feel
0: traumatized, but the way that they're showing it is it's such
1: a it's such a hacky way of doing it. Mm.
0: I guess that there would be people who were more on Tim's side that probably did enjoy it, but it wasn't us.
1: But even if you liked it, do you not... Surely everyone can agree that flashbacks are overdone now.
0: <laughs> how, how did you... um? What did you think about Sally going along to the funeral? Do you think that... Was she right to do it to support her friend? Or should she have kind of read the room a little bit in number six and maybe just dropped her off at the gate?
1: I think Tim in time will realise that she was doing the best for her friend. I I don't know why Gail couldn't have been comforted by her daughter and mother. You know, why does she need Sally there? I'm not really sure. There
0: was obviously a little bit of contrived drama. When when Gail suddenly announced, actually, you know what, I don't think I'm going to go to the funeral. I thought, what's going on here? What's the point of that? Um, and, and it was then tied up and resolved very quickly afterwards. But it did it did include a, a lovely Sally and Gail friendship scene, which I always enjoy. Um, I ah. think they missed
1: an opportunity here, and I don't know. What, there's so much going on, but um, I think true crime has has kind of evolved over the past 20 years, especially with podcasts in the last you know you know 10 to to five years where. Um, everything's a lot more victim-centric and, but also people are really starting to think about the family of of these murderers as also being additional victims.
0: Mm.
1: And there's a lot with Dennis Rader's um, daughter, she's called Kerry Rawson, and she, she's written a book about what it was like to realise that her father was a serial killer. And, um, it, you know, in no way is anybody saying that these people are as much of a victim as the people that were actually killed, but... The idea of having the rug pulled un- out from underneath you so completely as to realise that... I mean, we can sympathise with people that have had them cheated on. And this just feels like an even more deep and and more betrayal version of, of that, where somebody lied to you for years and snuck around and did stuff that you didn't know they were doing and was a completely different person to the person that you thought that they were. Mm. So, So the idea of sort of following gail and audrey and sarah i'd love to see more of that i wanted to see michael too talking about his um how yeah. he felt about it when he when we have that scene with rufus being killed and michael was in thrall of of steven's kind of story we, he doesn't even know that that story was about rufus being killed mm. we we ever going to get to see that no
0: <laughs> i don't put think two and two
1: so uh so all these people are like the, the additional fallout because we the thing is about it no one cares about Rufus's wife, what's her face, anymore. No. We d- R- Teddy and, and Leo were were father and son. I don't know what other family they had. So we don't have the victims' families of, of Stephen to talk about. The only person's left is Tim. So no. he's kind of representing all the victims, but he wasn't actually even killed. <laughs> and then you've got Audrey and, and, you know, that family. And then you've also got... Um and Michael, who was victimised by him. You got you got Jenny. I know but yeah, Jenny's doing a good job. I just feel like we're missing a trick. I think Instead that there could have flashbacks been really for Tim all week. We could have had a week of ramifications, but I'm moving on. I right would
0: here. I would like to have seen that the funeral scene because I think there could have been a really touching moment when, you know, it could have been quite atmospheric, just the the two, three of them, four of them with Sally there. Maybe, you know, maybe Sarah Louise and Audrey sitting at the front. Um, George there with the with the coffin about to go past the curtain, what or what did? have you. Maybe holding hands, Audrey having a bit of a cry, Sarah comforting her. You know, and then you hear, you hear Gail and Sally clip-clopping in around the back, and it could have been really, really touching and heartwarming. But I guess Corrie maybe wanted us to feel more sorry for Tim than Audrey. I don't think they've, they're really pushing for us to feel that much sympathy for Audrey at the moment, unfortunately.
1: No, lots of people hate Audrey.
0: Mm.
1: Honestly, just... She didn't do anything wrong.
0: No, she really didn't. She's she's rea- I think she's reacting in just the way you would.
1: I mean, we, we, she's not having flashbacks of giving him up as a kid and being obnoxious like Tim is. <laughs> She's just getting on with it. Ah, uh, Look, how, how has Cory managed? I know that it's kind of easy for me, but how has Corey managed to make Tim annoying and, and and Audrey more sympathetic when... I know, but I know there are loads of people that feel the other way around about it. Mm. Maybe that's a good thing then. Maybe Cory's done a great balance between the two, but...
0: Before we move on, can I just say one positive thing about this story? I did have a bit of a chuckle (laughs) with the line about Barney down the sinkhole. Mm. (laughs) Gail talking about having Stephen buried in the back garden with Barney, and she's like, Well, of course, Barney's not there anymore. (laughs) Gone down the sinkhole. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, was uh, I think it was being led to make you think oh he's decomposed or whatever, but no. down the sinkhole. Brilliant. Only in Coronation Street, eh? He's flirting along in the sewer with all the other sewer rabbits down there.
1: I know that I know that Curry's kind of going into more of the drama and the you know, the, the hand wringing side of Stephen's story and after his death because of um Tim's flashbacks and Peter's um, you know, culpability. Hmm. But imagine if they leaned into the campiness just for the funeral and we could have had a really funny scene with Billy maybe, like talking about, uh, you know, how does one mark the death of a man? <laughs> <laughs> like Stephen Reed. It could have been so much fun. It could have been like what happened when poor old, um, uh, what's think, his you're face? you Archer. Lewis Archer. Yeah. You know, that was a farce, wasn't it?
0: That was a massive farce.
1: Like, I you know, I'm still. I just still Billy think. saying like he's achieved many things in his life, and then kind of looks and Tim's there at the back, folding his arms and looks at get uh, looks at uh, Audrey who's crying, going. Some of them were. I still really think great. they could have, they
0: could have <laughs> lent into, you know, a coffin in the back of a bin lorry or something. You know, the the the, the, the hearse can't get out because Tim's blocked them in, but the only way we're going to get to the crematorium in time is if we chuck him in the back of this bin lorry and drive him down the well, road. Well, imagine Perfect. If,
1: I know that they... Uh, maybe they they can only do this once every decade, who knows, because they did get a bin lorry when Spider yeah. was there, when he first appeared, but what if what if Tim had just hijacked a bin lorry and... and uh, and fancy. They managed in. to get
0: a volume wall twice in one year. I'm sure they could have done it with a bin lorry. Or well,
1: maybe they spent all their money on the, bin, on the <laughs> volume wall and they don't have any bin lorry money left. All
0: right, let's like continue with the Stephen story but go on what's going on with Peter this week, the Terminator? because despite what the police say, I still say that he definitely killed Stephen Reed in cold blood and I won't hear otherwise. I'm
1: really surprised that this feels like it's it's finished before it started. Yeah. I was totally expecting that to be... I was expecting this to go, be in like for the long really haul. a really protracted... Um, extensive uh, uh, criminal case with, you know, culminating at the end of the year with a big trial and wigs and gowns and waiting sweating, rooms. It's like, it sounds like nah. you know what? I've looked at it really, honestly, and I can't... I, I, I've,
0: right. do, I've done an awful lot of work these past few months. I'm just waiting for, just waiting for Abney to tag me out, to be honest. <laughs> let's just say you didn't do it. Let's,
1: say, let's just say you didn't, and you keep your mouth <laughs> shut, right?
0: And his lawyer. I What happened to the lawyer that you borrowed last week? Toya's lawyer. They the one that Toya's got her off like, murder as well. Another
1: one for me. I'm going to put this notch on my bedpost. Two. If, I've if, had two murderers. If I I'm, murder
0: somebody or accidentally bump someone off, I want. I want that tattooed lawyer to be the one. That it's honestly a shame
1: days. that Uncle Stephen never got the chance to meet her. Yeah, because he would have been off scot free.
0: <laughs> well, he did in a way, didn't. Didn't, he serve didn't jail time, he did didn't he? didn't get in
1: trouble, really, did no. he? He just got bumped a little bit and then just yeah. popped his clogs.
0: So, um, Pete, Peter this week is, is talking with Daniel in the cafe. Carla's still in Spain because who knows what is oh, doing she's at the moment. Peter's like she'll be back soon. I'm sure. <laughs> surely she's going to be. Back. Surely <laughs> I she, she wouldn't
1: leave me in my hour of need.
0: <laughs> surely, surely. <laughs> What is she up to? Um, and, and Daniel says that I'll be there for you, Peter. Um, I can't,
1: Daniel's like, you I'll, I'll know what? I'll not be around. a shoulder
0: volunteer for you, Peter.
1: Daisy's not around as much as she used to be. And being a teacher, I've got a lot of spare time. <laughs> so if you want me to just hang around and chit chat. It's
0: half term this week, anyway. Does, does Daniel get half term?
1: Do they is that half term in, in the prison? prison? I don't Do the know. prisoners get to go like, to
0: holiday clubs and things?
1: I run to Butlin's.
0: Um, anyway, so Audrey's at Rita's later. And they're like, still... this is
1: inhumane. Send us back to prison.
0: Audrey's still <laughs> bemoaning her family's attitude towards the funeral. And, and Jenny and Rita try and make her feel better. But she's all tied up in knots about it, saying, How did my son turn into the most evil killer? Not and the most evil. Who is the most evil killer in Coronation's I'd Street say history? it's Richard Hillman. He, he just did it for his family, though. I he think... tried to
1: kill them all at the end. No, I think, he did I it think... for love. No, I think that family <laughs> I annihilators. An
0: to, uh, family defense.
1: annihilators, I'd give, him a big, I'd give him two thumbs down.
0: I think that Phelan, you know, when he was at his worst, I'm going to say he was the most evil one. That's a good question
1: for, for another day. Who was the most the, evil character on Coronation Street.
0: Yeah, okay, but yeah, not for and now. And why is it Tracy? Anyway, Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, she should be out there, <laughs> wouldn't she? Um, Rita is um, there saying, look, Jenny, why don't you tell Audrey what Stephen said last week? You know, before he died, he had that secret special word with you. The bit about, um, what was it, Stephen saying, I'm, I'm not going to harm you, Jenny. And Jenny tells Audrey, gets all huffy and says, oh, well... That's great to hear and everything, but now it turns out that Stephen definitely didn't need to kill him. What a thing that is. I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to go march over to wherever he is and have a go at him like that. He didn't even need to kill Stephen after all. So, Jenny and Audrey appear at Carla's flat later, and Audrey says to Stephen, Why did you kill my son? And he says, Well, Stephen was dangerous. Look what he's doing with Jenny. He was going to kill her. And Audrey makes Jenny tell him what Stephen said. And so then she says again, I'll ask you again, Peter, why did you kill my son?
1: There was a bit of a... There's been a lot of discussion about this. Is that what you are going to say?
0: There's been a, there has been a lot of discussion about this. And I think we probably covered it in last week's podcast fairly well. But Peter could never have heard Pete, Stephen saying, I'm not going to kill you, Jenny. And I don't really get why so many of the arguments this week from Audrey. And you know I'm on the Audrey side on this. I don't know why she was so determined that just because Stephen said that, Peter should have known about it. I'm going to say and I still will say, the same as last week, the bottle dropping and the moving away from Jenny's far enough away from her so that she didn't get hit by the car is plenty enough evidence. But anyway, Audrey's found something else to latch onto this week, hasn't she? But-
1: I don't... I, I I think it makes sense that Audrey, as a grieving mother, has latched onto this idea that uh, he was unjustly killed because he said he wouldn't hurt her. But I definitely agree with people who are saying, well, it makes no odds what he privately said to Jenny because nobody could have known.
0: I was kind of expecting that secret conversation to be the bit of evidence that gets Peter sent down a little further down the line. Jenny's going to heroically get to the stand and say, well, he told me he wasn't going to kill me. And the judge says, throw him away take him away we definitely wrote downstairs. a story that's,
1: that didn't never was going to happen mm. in our minds here yeah,
0: yeah. Um,
1: it kind of it, nice to be
0: surprised I suppose it
1: sort of reminds me of what happened uh, with um, all the stuff with Seven and and things about Kelly and the rules are so weird in this country because I remember reading articles about somebody who was involved in a murder who literally said "boot him or something like that and I think that was one of the last people to be hung in, hanged yeah. in this country for murder because they encouraged it to happen. And there was another another example of, of a couple who kind of encouraged uh, a, a fight between two people, walked off, and then after they'd left, this person was murdered by, by the people they had encouraged. And they were just as culpable in the murder as the people that did the killing. So if you're going to say... Oh, if you if you encourage somebody to kill somebody and they do it, then you it's as good as you did it yourself. Then why can we not say, well, somebody you know you killed somebody who had said something you couldn't possibly have known, but it indicated that that was an unjust killing. Therefore, it is you see what does that make any sense yeah
0: yeah no i I, I think
1: the rules the laws are so so weird sometimes i'm not i don't know whether coronation street completely follows i don't think they care about that (laughs) but i i am kind of surprised that i mean at the very least this kind of feels a bit like it turns from you know accidental to manslaughter yeah but but you know at the end of the episode not- because
0: Audrey huffs off and says well I'm going to go and tell the police see what they have to say hmm? 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 Hmm. Peter hmm? Hmm. and then when he's left alone with Daniel in the flat he Peter's like well yeah I did want to kill Stephen actually I heard what he you know I heard what he did to Kyla. he was dosing her up and ever since then I I had an axe to grind against him and when I saw the chance I took it so he literally so he admitted acknowledges- at the end of the episode. I did mean to kill him whether I heard him say that well, he, he wasn't he going to or not. It. He No, he no, he he didn't. Um, which is good in a way because I suppose we're saying oh, it feels like the story's all wrapped up already but it's not because even though by the end of this week Swain has said Peter, you're off the hook, mate. He's not in his own mind. And yeah. Ken says as much, doesn't he? I this think is the Tracy thing. Tracy at the end. It's
1: not a story about is Peter Barlow going to go down for murder? It's It's a story about in his mind, how guilty does he feel he's and how is that going to eat him alive? Mm. Because as much as Tim's now been affected mentally by what happened to him, then, then now Peter's going to be, and he's going to be thinking for the rest of his life, I-, I killed someone, I shouldn't have done it. And the guilt there, that's horrific. And we know that he's got substance abuse issues. We know he's an alcoholic. Um, I don't imagine Cory's going to go down that route again, because I think everybody... Would not tolerate another story. I don't, I don't story. think we're ready for more. And also, more we've, Peter we've been told if he if he touches another drop, he'll die immediately. Yeah. And I assume that's going to be like some kind of big explosion, like when a vampire sees the sun. I, just 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 for soap purposes, just to make it really dramatic. I wonder and if I they ever want the to get rid of that. Peter
0: Barlow. Whether they would, I think I might quite like to watch that in a, in some kind of sick way. A bit like how watching um, Katie Harris. Sugar herself yeah, to death at but the I,
1: end. I, would they do that now? Yeah. You know, I'm being flippant about him exploding. Um, of course, I know That's that people who are uncharitable will not care that I said that anyway. But um the the idea of him going back to alcohol after we've they've done a really good job of, of him battling that demon. I don't I don't think they would go back to that. But he's obviously fragile.
0: Yeah, and I think that he might Maybe he'll want to have a drink. I, I really don't think that they're gonna. They can't. They, ca- they, can't. they have literally said he will die.
1: They're, they're not gonna kill off people. So he Barlow might. He might be a, tempted. A tot of rum. Mm. Are they? I don't know. I don't
0: know. Anyway, so on Wednesday's episode, the the Barlows are gathered around Peter's flat again, and he's obviously very worried about what Jenny said yesterday. He says, "Look, I killed a man and made a bad decision." I, but I'll just go and hand myself in, shall I? So they put him off doing that, but it doesn't matter anyway because Swain rocks up. She's has she got a new a new um a new friend? Was She's it the thing? A... Was he there last week? Another silent partner.
1: She's like, have you seen that show, Silent Witness? We're doing it. We're trying a new one. It's called Silent Partner. And this guy just follows me around everywhere, and it's kind of like Mulder and Scully, where there's real sexual tension, but he just doesn't say anything.
0: That's kind of the the way that. All police officers run in the in Weatherfield though, isn't it? Everybody's whenever the two police officers there's come to investigate, there's always one that has to stay quiet. It's yeah? like I'm just I'm listening bad and cop, taking it all in.
1: And he's good cop and he never speaks and it's like a satirical comment upon the policing of this country. Yeah, instead of good
0: cop bad cop in Weatherfield, they have new cop, chatty cop. Who should you be? I you
1: want to be Mute Cop
0: this week? Oh no, I was Mute Cop last week. Can I be Chatty Cop, please?
1: Hi everyone, it's me, Chatty Cop. So, what have you been up to today? Well, you've oh been doing
0: my Mute Cop. God,
1: can't I? Nah, I nearly it. made
0: you say something there, Mute Cop. Have
1: you been doing crimes again? <laughs> Better not have done, Peter. Right, come down the station. <laughs>
0: is this like Alan Carr, Chatty Man, versus Alan Carr, Chatty Cop?
1: I would like that. I think <laughs> they should do that as a spin off.
0: Anyway, um, Alan so. Alan
1: Carr is Chatty Cop. <laughs> Swain
0: takes Peter down the police station and says we just heard that Stephen said that he wasn't going to kill her eh? eh you can let read can't you Peter Barlow Adam's <laughs> she there she kind of insinuated As Adam's in there because her old tattooed brief can't be there, and Peter's like well no I didn't know he said that and so she's like oh
1: hang on a minute that's not what I heard All right come on come I on cop.
0: I thought that you'd read the script Peter Barlow and
1: Mucop cop, and Swain go outside and cop's like you said I couldn't say anything, but I knew that already. <laughs> She's like, shut up! You're always making me look bad.
0: So she comes back later and is right, like, right, oh, I kind of had the whole case was hinged on this evidence, actually, that you, you actually of... did know that Stephen said that he wasn't going to kill Jenny.
1: Peter, I don't want to put words uh, in your I mouth, you but are you sure home? that you didn't hear him say it? Because honestly, if you say you didn't hear him, then my whole case is shot. This is
0: collapsing.
1: And mute cops, they're going, <laughs> Nodding, yeah
0: So anyway, Peter's sent home with a slap on the wrist And says, well don't run down anyone again please And so he does, and he goes back to number one I And promise. um He's feeling a bit down because he's obviously um, punishing himself inside. Tracy can't believe he's not over the moon about it like she when was. Well, I got
1: away with murder. I was thrilled.
0: <laughs> do you remember that time? Do you remember? Everyone was having everyone was having a tram crash memorial. Do you yeah. remember? It was snowing and everything and I came and I said this brilliant line about being the best comeback in 2000 years. Why aren't you like that, Peter?
1: It's like I know it's not as good as Jesus, like when I came back, but do you not know any apostles or anything?
0: Yeah, Peter, you're named after one, aren't you? <laughs> um, anyway, he's he he <laughs> and Tracy get into a bit of a an argy bargy about this. Ken's there trying to mediate, but Tracy won't back down over the fact that he should be doing cartwheels down the cobbles. So he bogs off later, and she's Ken... like, "Have
1: you not got any like red halternecks or sexy outfits and big hoop earrings and yeah, works for like, me? Nice red lippy that you can stage a good comeback and cause hearts to flutter on the street and get yourself on the front of the soap mags."
0: He's like, oh, I haven't got time for that, Tracy. I just, oh, just I've... want to go down to Rovers to have an orange Oh, the Rovers is still closed, oh, oh, are still close, isn't it? Where am I going to have my orange Where oh, I going to have my orange now? I'll have
1: to get a Happy Meal and get one of those tiny little <laughs> orange juices with with my burger.
0: Anyway, he, he, he disappears off and he goes and has a lovely scene. And I will, again... Credit where credit's due. There was a very nice scene between Peter and Toya this This week. This was one
1: of the best scenes of the week. It
0: really, really was. And I'm not just saying that because we're massive Toya fans here on the podcast. No, it was lovely. And it felt like a kind of natural scene between people who used to be friends. Lovers, Uh, if you will. Yeah, lovers. And this is, you know, this is the first time Toya's done anything of note since being banged up in a wagon and um, had a gun pointed at her. Back in May or whenever it was. But she's just there and finds him. So
1: the best scenes that she wet herself in the back of a van over, yeah. over the weekend, and we all done that this yeah. year.
0: Um, and she just gives him a bit of a faux counselling session, doesn't she? she? She's
1: like, "It's she's not official. Th- I can't charge she, you."
0: She gives a bit of a smile with him, and they do make reference to the fact that oh, who'd have thought both of us would get away with I murder? I just love eh?
1: this though, right? Mm. Because she sits down next to him, and he's got this cigarette. She's like, "Oh, you don't want to do that. You want to vape, remember?" You drink orange juice and you vape. You don't smoke and and drink alcohol anymore. And then and then he's like, "Oh, I, I killed Stephen." She's like, "Join the club." She does so that. She's like, welcome the to club. the club. I kind of want. I think we should make badges. I think we should cook like the the Weatherfield killer Killers Club. Killers Club. And give them to all the the cast members who have actually killed somebody because there's a big list. So
0: it's growing, growing fast in the in recent years. So that they. they she, she, this, she acknowledges it, but doesn't make a big thing about it this like Tracy does. honestly feels
1: like... I, I didn't... I, lo- I really liked it. I thought it was well acted. But I, di- I just didn't... The way she said it, was kind of like a... Oh, you know.
0: She does kind of make a thing about, you know, Oh. Um, I sometimes I'm still asking myself was it? did I consciously drive into the wall yeah, was you it subconscious did. You
1: know you she did. admitted
0: to Leanne she did it on purpose yeah. and now she's backtracking
1: now she's like I don't remember honestly
0: <laughs> is this the writers backtracking <laughs> I don't
1: know absolving Toya of here? all guilt i like kind of
0: happily accept this retcon because I th- it doesn't it sit was well a a with mistake. me what that Toya admitted to purposefully killing Imran because she got kind of mad about him lying what was it that he'd only lied Shacked in court? About. No 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 it wasn't even the oh, shame about it oh, was yeah. the lying about Abby in court. Um but anyway, it was a it was a lovely scene and the bit that I loved about it about the most was how at the end she's like he he kind of talks to her about the oh thanks to the free counselling session. And she's like You're cured. Aww. And it was just said in a in a really, really natural kind of jokey, we're kind of friends sort of way. Yeah, I really loved the delivery just, of Know Your Cures. And, and it worked for him and he made him feel happy. And happiness isn't something that many people were feeling this week in Coronation Street. There was a whole lot of drama and angst. And so for Toya to come along like a little counselling fairy and wave a magic wand and peter, I appreciated her for that.
1: Yeah, it was, it was sweet. Toya. It was well observed. It was nicely done. I, I think it just demonstrates that there should be a lot more Toya in the show
0: yeah and anyway Peter Peter goes back home and uh, he tells everybody he's feeling pretty great he says he's been to an AA meeting but I don't know whether he was making that up
1: he's like I nearly made the worst mistake of my entire life I know I killed a man and I nearly died of alcoholism but I was about to smoke a cigarette in a playground <laughs> and Never ch- anybody could have seen it and Toya, and Toya stopped me Yeah. So...
0: Anyway, Ken tells Tracy... That would have been three for three, wouldn't it? Ken tells Tracy he doesn't believe that Peter's really okay, which is um, show code for saying this story (laughs) isn't actually over. We're not going to throw him in prison, but he's going to have some mental anguish. But don't worry, he's not the sort to have flashbacks.
1: No, no, definitely not. I just like the way that that Ken's like, you know, I've been around the block a few times, I've had my fair share of birds and and relationships and wives and whatnot, and I, I think... I finally got I mean I can't remember how old am I 80 whatever
0: 84
1: I'm 84 now and I think when when someone says they're okay sometimes they're not <laughs> and Tracy's like yeah dad I could have told you that Ken, about 20 you truly years are ago.
0: the wise sage Ken, giver you're, you're the smartest man thing.
1: in Weatherfield
0: <laughs> I know I know thank you I did pick up on that little bit of subtext there <laughs> You gotta, yeah, you gotta go around the block a few times to be able to. You really have
1: to observe the very subtle signs, like the murdering and the and the near smoking, to Mm. to get that he's not actually okay.
0: So, um, I'm kind of in a way looking forward to this because I do think that Chris Gascoigne is absolutely fantastic. I think he is so so good. What do you mean, Peter's um, guilt? I think I'm kind of looking forward to that, even though it doesn't sound like, even though it's the sort of thing that I've been. I don't always enjoy and I don't like people seeing seeing people wallowing but I really, really trust Chris so much to deliver this well. I almost don't even need Carla to come back for it really. Just having him and his inner turmoil, I think he'll be able to portray really, really well. I'm very curious by the fact that Toya has kind of shown her face in this story and I would also like to Give myself a little bit of a pat on the back for last week putting out a tweet that suggested that Toya might be involved in this story. I wasn't even joking, and I think I was a bit. It was literally less than 24 hours later. The previews for this week came out, probably, I assume, saying that this was going to happen. But I'm just going to say I thought of it first, all by myself.
1: You thought of it first, even they though it was going show that they wrote, like, you know, six no, months ago. No, I just,
0: ago. I just said, you know, Toya and Peter. They used to be. They used to. They still get it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm they just both saying, murdered. A
1: lot of the time when we predict things that are going to happen, it's not like because we're super smart and amazing. It's because it's log- the logical way for the story to go.
0: <laughs> sometimes when I make predictions, I don't actually think it's going to happen at all. I mm. just think it's kind of funny to say maybe this will happen, and that sometimes was, it does. And, and that was one of those things, but it actually did happen. So um, yeah, I was, I was. Well done, in Michael. the zone with Coronation Street scriptwriters there, but no, honestly, Toya's not done very much recently. I don't. What I really, really do not want and need to don't happen is for Toya and Peter have any reunion. Well, that's that not absolutely doesn't need to happen. That was a disaster when they were together. They they messed up oh, the Rovers. The show, they weren't a great couple. Um,
1: I, I don't believe you saying any of this.
0: Right. I don't think that they well, they're well matched. Well
1: done, Michael. You've just bring back Imran. You've just cursed it.
0: And I, I, I really don't need Peter sneaking her out behind Carla's back, bumping uglies with Toya. We've already got enough of that with Ryan and Daniel. Thank you very much. I mean, sorry, Ryan and Daisy. <laughs> Maybe that's. There's just a lot some of people, people that would really see.
1: like that to happen. Shall I tell you what happened with Ed?
0: Yes, let's do the Ed story. God, this was a good one, wasn't it? So interesting.
1: Horse racing. Ed's doing it. No, come on.
0: You've got oh, to I make am. it sound interesting.
1: I am. I am. Yeah. Michael, excuse me. Let me do it how I want to do it. Okay. So he's going to go and get his money because he's won a horse race and he bumps into running way, and he makes up an excuse. Then we get to see Michael with Dee Dee and Glory in the lounge and he's miserable about the fact he's been fired. And Dee Dee tells him to go back and get his job back. Um, but meanwhile, Ed comes back with a big bag of cash and... He he realizes that the two the the two kids are there, so he hides it. And um, this is when Dee Dee pushes Michael out the door to go get his job back. So Michael goes and asks Sarah, "Please can I have my job back?" And she says it's Carla's decision, and she's in Spain, and you can't. Everyone knows that you can't talk to anyone in Spain, and nobody in the factory trusts you anyway. And then Swain comes in, and she wants to talk to Michael about what's happened with Stephen. But and then later on, we see Ed going back to get his money. And which he stashed, and the bag he put it in is gone. So we they know had a nice little vestibule Michael. scene, didn't
0: they? Yeah. We don't really see that little bit by the front door in number three. Thanks the Bailey's vestibule.
1: It. Yeah. So uh, Michael's the one who's got this bag with the cash in it, and he's telling Swain he doesn't know anything about uh, stealing anything. And Swain says, "You need. We need to take all your stuff, all your digital I think, devices." So I think you,
0: you, you can... need to. I think you need to slow down a little bit. I don't think you are hitting the main beats of this quite as obviously as maybe they need to be. So he's, he's he opens his bag and there's a load of money in there. That's how you say it, Gemma. Have a go, doing it. Just make a big he announcement. He opens his bag and there's money in it. Oh my gosh, Michael's like, where on earth did this bundle of cash come from? I, I hear that this kind of thing happens in Weatherfield and people just find money underneath the carpet or some rich relative that they hadn't thought of dies and it showers down coins upon them. But who'd have thought it would happen to me? Michael Bailey. And then Swain says...
1: Where'd that come from? Mm. Ed comes out the house and he sees Michael being driven off in a police car and Kirk says if you didn't watch it he got caught with money in his bag.
0: So Swain thinks that he has been paid off by Stephen or something.
1: Ed's like this is stupid. So Michael goes into the interview room and Joel, Dee Dee's boyfriend is his brief. Because remember he is one of these pro guys. And Michael's like, get this over with. And Swain's asking him about the money. And he's like, I don't know where where it came from. I don't know anything about Stephen. And and Swain's telling him that they're opening up the investigation into Rufus's murder. And you got promoted the day after he was killed, right? This looks really suspicious. You guys were really close, weren't you? Are
0: they really reopening the case? I don't think they are. Because Stephen did tell Jenny he confessed to her that he killed Rufus didn't he He said with my bare hands so I don't know how much do
1: they really this is the thing like when somebody who's a killer dies how much do they really care what's the point of what's the point of investigating when you you can just because
0: someone confessed to something it doesn't mean they actually did it but it seemed. Odd I know. To I'm. Me, I'm but... only being
1: philosophical. I'm not. I'm not like pretending it's a. It's a hypothetical question. Mm. Like, how much do you really need to spend time? It's not like every single other case is solved. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, Ed and Ronnie are in the waiting room in the police station, and Ronnie's saying, "Oh, this money must just be the cash we gave him the other day." And Swain he says, thinks it's
0: two thousand pounds."
1: And 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 Swain, Swain's there. This is Ronnie's telling her this, and Swain says, "Oh, well." show me the documents and if you can prove you gave him this money then it'll all be sorted out
0: yeah but
1: yeah but what is it
0: it's six thousand pounds he so he he thinks it is two thousand pounds didn't he
1: ronnie thinks it's two grand yeah ed only gave him a grand and took it back yeah but this money that's in there is the six thousand pound that ed has won from gambling
0: <laughs> yes so Ronnie's like, it's Ooh. not as
1: complicated as you're making it sound. <laughs> okay, sorry. So Ed, Ed, and Ronnie really have it out outside because he's realised what's actually happened here, um, and because uh, because Swain's told him it's six grand, it's not two grand. Yeah, he, he and knows he says it. that Ed, what the hell is going on? You're an addict. You can't be trusted. What have you done? Doing, doing and did a bit Ed saying, Oh no, oh, I was only one bet. I'll oh, never happen again. And Ed's and Joel's listening in on this and Joel asks Ed so this money here that you won this gambling do you have the betting slips and if if you do I'll just give them to Swain and then this will all be finished and Ed is pleased that this can just be sort of brushed into the carpet but he's also not very happy about the idea that Michael's going to find out that he's been gambling again because remember this speech that Michael gave about how he and Aggie spend all their spare time working so they can save enough money to stop Ed from tipping the family into disrepute again I
0: I kind of feel a bit bad for Swain this week because she thought that there's two cases where she's like i I got some I'm going to get I'm going to get a real great result here and then just like oh Drop that then. Wow. If anything, the fact that she ended up dropping this Michael case should have made her double down more on the
1: yeah Peter killed Peter Stephen did thing.
0: Because she's just at the end of the week feeling like oh, I've... might as well not gone to work this week.
1: You could, could have gone to Malaga.
0: <laughs> could have gone to join Carla in Spain.
1: So um, Michael's been let out, and he doesn't know why. And Ed says, "Oh, I just put this money in your bag, um, because I would surprise you." And we took it out of our business account. You take it, and Michael says, "Okay, I guess I do need six thousand pounds. What's he need six grand for?" Uh, thank you for helping me. And Ron, what's he need six grand for?
0: For his kid, for glory.
1: For glory. To she was what? in it this
0: week. He's got know, to pay her appearance he's... fee.
1: Oh, thanks, Dad. <laughs> this, I guess, I can give you the six grand I owe you in back rent. <laughs> yeah. So Ronnie, Ronnie makes it clear that he's not happy for this to carry on, but. Bad news for him. Stop gambling,
0: say. bruv, says so, Ronnie.
1: On Tuesday, Ed's excited about this um, potential investor that's going to meet them tomorrow. And Ronnie and Debbie are having a, a, a celebratory clinch, and hooray, everything's going really well. And they go to the cafe later. And Ed's trying to avoid talking to Ronnie about like, you. You said it's boring, so I don't really know what that was about.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, they have boring talks about I mean, how it might need to be. I don't really know. Presumably so Ed
1: and, Roddy, Ed and Ronnie I think talk and he says he won the money and Ed's saying no I didn't and Ronnie gets out of him that he he definitely did and then Ed's saying oh you're trying to make trouble between me and Aggie and Ed says you started me gambling because you made me do this shares thing and shares are just gambling for rich people um with the Newton and Ridley stuff and Ronnie's like, oh no, maybe it wasn't me, and uh, Ed finally now admits that he did win the money, but he he swears he's going to stop doing it now, everything's under control, and Ronnie says to him, what happens when you need that buzz again? I'm not going to let you ruin everything. So they, they then head back to number three, and Ronnie's telling Ed that he needs to know the truth about the gambling, and uh, the family needs to know, and Ed says, well, you know, you're not why than white, are you? I'm, I'm going to tell everybody about your insider trading and all the blackmail. So then they just have a standoff, don't they?
0: Yeah, and at this point I was thinking, oh, are people going to get blackmailed again? Well, this, this really seems to be the go-to drama and cliffhanger and kind of um, conflict between characters at the moment. We've already got blackmail going on with old um, Lauren and Ryan haven't we and now we uh, Ed's going to blackmail Ronnie I know but the, the
1: thing okay right I can totally see what you're saying and I agree with you to a certain extent but this is the same as people you know having happening to overhear something like the the, the mutually assured destruction of some of these storylines is really the only way to keep them going because in real life you'd be like I'm just going to tell everybody
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's a, it is kind of a everyone's
0: bit... got to have something on someone else
1: hmm So Joel, everyone has dinner at the bistro and Ed is, um, Ed's like, just to remind you, even though we already had a scene about it, I'm not going to gamble anymore. And then, Dee Dee tells Joel about Ed's gambling problem for some reason and tells him her, it's it's, it's in the past. And Joel looks really awkward about this because he knows that Ed's been gambling recently because he's, had to use this as evidence to get his client off of being in trouble with the police and they decide to play dominoes
0: <laughs> thrilling stuff
1: <laughs> joel's left alone with ed later and he says look i know about the gambling problem i feel bad about keeping this quiet to Dee, Dee, even though i said i would keep my mouth shut and ed says look don't you just need to keep your mouth shut everything's fine now as long as you don't take this any further so on wednesday ed, ronnie and ed are supposed to have this meeting with the investor and they they, they starts in the bistro and this guy's very impressed by ronnie's patter and ed's not very happy about the fact that ronnie's taking control and he's done all this he's got spreadsheets and folders and paperwork and he hasn't consulted ed once and then then they kind of have a conflict it's kind of like along the lines of rest easy versus shuttleworth where ronnie's like it's going to be done cheap and, and Ed's like, we're not going to skimp on quality. And they both agree they're going to do it, like, as well as possible. But they also can't agree on whether it's going to be cheap or, what you know, where, where the priority is. Mm. So the, the guy's like, I don't care about it as long as you do it for this amount of money. And uh, fine. And they all shake hands. And then Ed goes off to the hotel. Ronnie goes off to the hotel to meet Debbie. And Ed is left alone. And he calls a cab and he goes to a casino. He um, didn't
0: get there, does he? Somebody stops him.
1: And he gets a few wise words of wisdom from Peter. He's like, don't do it. Don't do it, mate. Just a few hours ago, I was sitting in a playground about to smoke cigarettes within sight of children. And a, a fairy came from heaven and told me to, to just...
0: Buck my ideas She's up. She's
1: like, you know, Nike, don't do it. <laughs> Whenever you think of doing something, don't do it. And that's what I live my life by now. Like when I saw Stephen, I should have thought that. Don't do it, but I did it, and now look at me.
0: So do you think toys like that. Whenever she looks at a sausage,
1: don't do it. I could have eaten it, but I didn't. Don't do it.
0: Whenever she looks at a meatless onion, so 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 he doesn't do it. So he, he doesn't goes, do it. Goes back home.
1: He said, "If I have a choice of doing it or not doing it, I always say, don't do it."
0: Yeah. I don't know what it is particularly about the story that's not not grabbing me. Is it the characters? Is it the fact that it's all about money and deals and stuff which I'd never it's not historically super found uninteresting interesting to me. But oh, isn't it? Oh, I'm glad.
1: No, I mean um it's it just I don't trust Joel.
0: I don't trust Joel, but I don't know whether I should be not trusting Joel or whether like, you know, he's so in, in incredibly bland and and nice is that making is that giving me warning signs like oh there's got to be something it's got to be something wrong with him but I, it feels at the moment that the story doesn't need a Joel in it we don't need to I'm add extra sure characters i'm not sure what the point in. of
1: him is but maybe i mean he, he's got to be up to no good otherwise he is kind of pointless
0: i guess he's maybe going to blackmail ed or something um
1: he's just really boring yeah and handsome
0: i i, I like in a way that they're doing a gambling story with Ed because it's been, you know, over the years, it's been teased that he has had gambling troubles in the past and but they've not really done a story with it and now now they have. Um, but yeah, I just... I don't really find business and financial stories that, that exciting. And I like Ed and I like Dee Dee. Not too fussed on Ronnie.
1: How, um, much, how much can you sympathise with substance abuse storylines? Like... The, the drug stuff with Cassie and Peter's alcoholism Me personally. yeah you personally well as
0: somebody who is very is boring certainly not a, has at no at all vices in whatsoever, whatsoever.
1: Um, because I'm just thinking like I can t- I can sympathise with I think the I drugs can. and alcohol stuff but when it comes to the gambling I I am not saying that I don't think it's a pro- it obviously is a problem. not a real
0: addiction <laughs> I'm obviously saying know
1: that. that it is but I just cannot get I don't get it. Maybe I
0: get it more.
1: That's interesting because you won't stop playing your game sometimes, and you should really go to bed.
0: Yeah, and I, and I won't a stop watching Coronation thing. Street sometimes. See, it's it's, it's not difference. a chemical thing. It's
1: the difference between behavioural and like like you say chemical, like. Um, but obviously they overlap because the the gambling releases chemicals in your brain, and the substance stuff is you know at this time of night I start drinking or whatever. Mm. Um, I I just I just watch it and I think just Ed just don't do it anymore.
0: But I yeah. think it's it's
1: partly because we haven't really seen much of Ed's. Mm. Like, why is Ed doing it? Um, he hasn't got a confidant. I've said this before. This is one of the big, big drawbacks of Cory. It's silly because they've got such a massive cast, but nobody talks to each other about their problems. So he can only sort of... Well, this
0: is one of those secret problems that you harbour to yourself, isn't it? Because I know, it's so shameful. Yeah,
1: I know. But, um, but
0: He hasn't got a mate, has he? He
1: doesn't go... He just... He wins and he d- or he doesn't win, and so far he has just won quite a lot. So I, I'm kind of on the side of like, yeah, keep gambling because you seem like you're quite lucky. <laughs> but that's obviously not what Corey wants me to think.
0: Well, he needs to have a word with Steve McDonald because back in the day, back in the late nineties, Stephen had a similarly lucky streak on the GGS, um, and that all came crashing down on him. So it um, will. I'm
1: sure it will do with. Um, with Ed, but at the moment, his biggest issue seems to not be the gambling, so much as the fact that he's gambling and his family doesn't want him to.
0: Yeah. Which, yeah, makes sense, considering I guess the, so, the, but... the history. It's the, the, thing, I just, the
1: Do you see what I mean? There's, I'm, I'm missing the emotional connection between me, me empathising with Ed and...
0: It's feeling too plot-heavy rather than character-heavy, this one, which is a common um, thing to say about soaps, but for this, it's really feeling like this is the plot- where he goes back to gambling rather than this is something that's coming naturally out of characters' motivations and relationships, which I would have probably preferred.
1: It's such a shame because if if he was to, the trouble with this storyline is if he stopped now, it would all be really great and a positive <laughs> advert for gambling because he got all the money that he needed. He's I gambled can stop twice. Whenever I want He's gambled twice. He got the six grand and he also gambled before then when he was missing all the money out of the account. Yeah. So it's all just peaches and, and cream at the moment.
0: It just, it, it, I <laughs> guess it feels, I, I, don't, I think Joe, Joel is a bit of the wild card with this at the moment, but it's clearly going to go wrong for Ed and he's clearly yes, going to have a big loss. Do. And, and clearly, life, you know, gonna he's going to spiral downwards. And... I'm
1: going to say to you as well, it's not just a soap thing that gambling's bad. <laughs> Mm. it's uh it's uh, incredibly damaging but at the at the moment if uh, uh, does it feel like it's a really good representation of a gambling problem I guess you need to give it more time that's the thing you need to give it a lot more time than mm. this because I don't think anyone would get hooked on it if it wasn't a slow descent into spiralling out of control mm. like everyone has really great moments when they gamble but just as me, somebody who like you know, I play the lottery. I bet on the horses sometimes, but I've never it's never been a, an issue, and I, I can't imagine it ever being an issue. And I'm somebody who's got really addictive personality. So um, tell me what I'd I like to see. in I this I can't story. relate. I need a hook. I need. I really hope that Corey can get a hook.
0: I would like to see an actual scene in the betting shop because they used, oh, I like that, yeah. they had Barlow's bookies and, and Sean Skinner's bookies for ages before then. So when. When they had characters that were going there, you kind of did get caught up in the excitement. You saw it on the screen, and everyone else was there. But this, the the most that we're getting is is Ed in a room on his own, looking at a TV that we're not seeing what's on the screen. He's just going, mm. "Come on, come on, my lovely, come on, you get pulse the most." Or listening to it on his phone, and it yeah. and it's not got the atmosphere okay. of oh, exciting I know. A betting shop.
1: This is this is the thing. See, when they had the betting shop, it probably was easier. Because they didn't have to ask anyone permission, there's no gambling shop that's going to go. Oh, you want to do a, a problem, uh, an issues based around about problems of gambling? Yeah, sure, come and yeah, film I it in mine. So. Uh, and you're not going to be able to get permission to film at a, a at a, a horse, you know, a, a horse race or a, at the dogs or anything, yeah, cause it's or a casino because it it's bad. like this is a really bad advert for my business. <laughs> I don't really want you to do that.
0: Yeah. Oh, well. But I
1: would, uh, you're right, the atmosphere and stuff, and it would make you realise, you know, Ed's here and he's caught up in everything. And...
0: I wonder whether um, Peter and Ed will touch base more on this, considering that Peter used to be a bookies and he will have seen gambling addictions for, uh, you know, over horses in the past. And the fact that they were crossing past parts at the end of yesterday's episode was a bit of a...
1: Yeah, but Peter didn't get out of the gambling game because he felt sympathy for addicts. No, 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 it's I know. It's the same but thing he... as expecting Jenny to feel like, you know... I I just think it's a big can of worms to have, for example, Jenny having a conversation with Peter about alcoholism.
0: I just think maybe How it's something that is
1: is Jenny or Peter for people that have an issue with controlling their intake of either of the substances that they provide? Mm. You know, you start down a very... Confusing, I think it's confusing because I feel as though I could live a thousand lives and never become a gambling addict. But I feel like in about 50% of my life, I'm probably I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> she <said laughs> as got, well, I've holding a bottle a of cider in her hand, right hand. Now. But it's you, you see what I mean? It, yeah. How responsible are you? And I don't really think that that's what the conversation's about. It's not about should we, you know. Should we stop providing this? Because everybody, should everybody not be allowed to do it in case X number of people out of a hundred have an issue with it? Yeah. But you, but the the, the results of when the, it goes wrong is devastating. We've already seen, yeah, what happened to the Bailey's. Even though I didn't really buy that sub story with Michael saying how he and Aggie work every hour of the day because they're terrified of a relapse, I thought that rang really hollow. But it was obviously a really they Corey thought it was really important scene to get in there so that we can see where Ed's going to take this mm. problem.
0: And it, it is a shame that we haven't got Aggie in this story, that, that she's off with un- Auntie Corona again, because I think that could certainly lend a little bit of heart to it, but obviously there's reasons um, that, that she's not in it. Well but...
1: I want to know um, how uh, where, how are we going to get this The thrill that Ed's finding from his gambling in whatever like, where are they going to go with it now?
0: I think it's, it can't be long before he has his big fall.
1: And and why and
0: Joel's in, gonna know?
1: Why is Ronnie uh, on? Why would you ever listen to someone who would say, "Oh no, it's it's under control"? Hmm. You would just immediately say, "You can't trust yourself," and me enabling you to, to be tempted here is a bad move on my part. I'm not saying anyone's to blame for someone's addictions, but equally. If you know if you know someone who's a gambler, you don't give them a credit card. And if you know someone who's an alcoholic, you don't make them landlords of the Rovers, for example.
0: <laughs> yeah, Peter. <laughs> right. Um, let's let's uh, let's move on to Ryan. Oh my gosh, <sighs> Lauren this week. So we still don't know, and and you know a whole week's gone past. We don't know who this person is that's trying to get money out of Lauren, do we? Well and There's only so long that I can be kept on the. I'm on tender hooks about this. I'm not. This not... is
1: what's happened. This is what happened with Shona's storyline. When she first came in, we knew that she had a, a secret link to David, and it took so long for them to tell us what it was that by the time it came out, everyone had guessed about a million different um permutations of how the story could have gone, and one of them included the fact that it was Clayton who'd killed Kylie. So. Mm. If they leave this too long, we're going to guess what it is that Lauren's up to.
0: Yeah, they, they do need to say. But anyway, with, with, whatever it is, she's feeling pretty scared of them on her, on Monday's episode. Um, Ryan comes in. Do you think in. it's
1: protection money for somebody to not beat up her dad in prison?
0: It could be. Could be. That's a good one. I hadn't thought about that. Nice. I like
1: it. Well, she sounds scared of whoever it is, right?
0: That would be perfect for making her... Um, likeable I suppose in a way we did did say that it's something good it's going to be something
1: that reflects good well on her character
0: because Coronation Street really wants
1: Lauren to be beloved
0: they do but they're really doing a bad job about it they're really making us not like her whatsoever
1: Well, I don't know how much of this is just us being cynical.
0: I don't know. But anyway, she she tries to act all nice to Ryan when he comes in, but he's like, sorry, I've not forgiven you over the whole I'm going to blackmail you thing. I'm not your friend. This isn't a game. You're messing with my life. Leave me alone, Lauren. Um, and, And... we we there's, we see a scene of her taking Freddie for a walk just to prove that she is lovely, really. Um, she doesn't
1: kick dogs in the kidneys. Yes.
0: So then we have it's a bit
1: of a low bar. Daisy
0: coming into the cafe and she has a go at Lauren because she's been a little get to Ryan about the blackmail and everything. And she says, look, she <laughs> Daisy says, I'm not going to be blackmailed by a worthless, snotty nose brat. Good for you. Um, She goes home and finds Daniel talking to Lauren because that worthless, snotty-nosed brat has decided that she's going to be a little bit sneaky and ask Daniel to tutor her so she can do her GCSE English. Um, Clearly, she knows what she's doing here, just stirring the pot. So again, why should we like her? I don't know. Daisy's not impressed with this move and neither am I. Daniel and Lauren have their first session he sees her off and as she leaves she makes some snarky remark to Daisy about Daniel being all such a diamond obviously she knows that um, Daisy has not been completely faithful to him. So she goes and Daisy says, look, Daniel, why are you you tutoring her for? She's a proper scally. She used to be racist. She possibly still is. And he says, oh, no, she's trying to turn her life around. She's a real Greggie Granger type character. I'm going to do it. I'm going to tutor her because I've got so much spare time in my job because I'm just a teacher. Of course I can fit Lauren in. Why not? So Daisy storms into the bistro where uh, she's working, remember, and she tells Ryan what's been going on. And she's worried that Lauren's going to be draining him dry for more money soon. End of the day, Ryan gets back to the flat, says Lauren, stay away from me, I can't believe you're pulling this new stunt with Daniel. She says, I know I really do want my GCSE but anyway, what you and Daisy are doing is wrong and then she starts blubbering around about saying I haven't got any family, I haven't got any mates, oh I'm so desperate and I didn't care what... I I didn't shed any tears for her, Laura, and I'll tell you what. She says, I don't want to blackmail you, but I don't want, to, don't want you to leave either. I'm just really scared of everything. Oh, my life's so tragic. Oh, my homelessness. Potential homelessness so tragic too. Oh, I'm only 17. Sorry, I should have mentioned that earlier when I said I was 20. And he does sympathise a little bit because, you know, Ryan's a nicer guy than me. Um, but she says, oh, just leave it. I don't need your sympathy. <laughs> Pfft, God, I found this really difficult. I, I, I didn't enjoy this, but... Tuesday, um, somebody has a stare at Ryan Scar in the Bistro, which obviously gets um, Daisy's hackles right up. Um, and she, I think I'm feeling the same as you were when you were recounting the uh, recount the Tim storyline earlier with us. He says. Ryan says, oh, don't worry about it. And the guy who stared at him says, oh, I'm so sorry. And he doesn't stay for long. But anyway, that's enough to get Daisy and Ryan all mooning over each other with the rest of the episode. They kind of go into the kitchen and they are getting all close to each other. And then the chef comes in. Silent chef walks into the room. And um, the moment's gone.
1: It's just like, I think I've just disturbed something.
0: This is the kind of look that I used to get from Ryan, from... um, what's his name Robert and Michelle when they used to emerge from the freezer together have I walked in on something here I he don't know he says
1: to himself oh, I, sh- I know I should have listened to my brother when he said I should have got a job at Weatherfield Police Station <laughs>
0: There are plenty of silent job offers in the paper and I had to go for this one. The Why don't I get a silent chef job <laughs> instead of a
1: silent policeman
0: job? <laughs> um, anyway, Ryan gets chatting to Debbie later who soon twigs what's going on because he's he said, oh, there's there's this girl that I like and I think she likes me but she won't leave her boyfriend. Oh, what shall I do? Debbie's like, just find someone else. There's plenty of other people out there who would snap you up. Don't go there. It's too much drama. And, uh, yeah, she, she before the episode has ended, has twigged that Daisy is the object of his affections. Um, and Ryan says, oh, I love her, and I think she loves me as well. And Daisy's like, oh, well, why is she with somebody else? Debbie then your pillow, Debbie says this. Um, Wednesday is all about Sinead. Four years. Four years, age. Eh, Emerson, She stopped watching Coronation Street every time <sighs> um started coming on the screen I looking know. a bit sickly. Um,
1: it's another year before I'll mention her in my quiz. It is, yeah.
0: Um... She, she, Kate McGlynn was all... Dead. Kate McGlynn was all over social media last night saying, oh, thanks, Curry. I can't believe it's been four years. Can I come back? Can I come... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, she, well, we'll
1: talk about that. We've got a Patreon episode coming out soon about oh, people, yeah, people that should come, 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 come back, back from, from, from the, the dead. dead yeah. And maybe one of us has picked Sinead returning from the grave.
0: I don't know. I'm mean, not recording recorder. Have you picked well, don't tell me now. I
1: won't tell you. Um, anyway. I haven't picked Sinead.
0: Um, Toya mm. is not just not just sitting on a bench talking to Peter. Lending a sympathetic ear this week. She also has a bit of a go to Daisy, a new colleague at the bistro, and says, she said, I can tell they're saying up with you, Daisy. Um, what is it? Daisy talks about Sinead's anniversary going on and Daniel's... Um,
1: well, she feels guilty because she, she's having an affair and that she thinks that... She's being a terrible Daniel girlfriend. Daniel deserves a better girlfriend than she is. Yeah,
0: somebody like dead Sinead. And Toya's like... Don't worry about it, love.
1: She's like, uh, why would... You're great. Daisy, why would Daniel want to be married to a corpse still? That yeah. doesn't make any sense.
0: <laughs> um, Daniel gets um, his uh, an idea in his head later that he wants to finally sell his mum's home that's been just waiting to be sold is kicking out the refugees I've he's like no one cares back about back that to, anymore everyone's talking about a going completely from.
1: different conflict yeah and i, I really i my haven't decided which one i'm gonna go for so i'm gonna sell the house yeah
0: and uh, maybe we could get elaine's flat and red bank and she's a bit non-committal about this because um obviously she's not sure that their relationship's gonna last long enough to uh sign the contracts on that so, um, he, she, she gets talking to him about it later and she says, oh, you know, I just, I haven't got a job a at the moment. Decision. It's not a proper one anyway. Um, it's a real, it's a big decision buying a flat. I don't think we're ready for it. I don't want to commit to it. Uh, well, they're and, already
1: living in a flat.
0: Yeah. So he says, look, why don't I just sell the house anyway? Then we yeah. got a bit of cash going. Good so idea, when we idiot. do want to buy somewhere, we've got the money there. And maybe in the meantime, we can go and have a bit of a snoop around people's houses and maybe that'll...
1: Give, give us some ideas, ideas for what we want i mean honestly yeah sell the house now
0: is that is now the right time i i can't do
1: you not think that, that the housing market is famously about to well, to not that, be quite as
0: maybe that's what he's got in his head don't i don't
1: think daniel has any sense in his head i'm sorry
0: He's very intelligent. He's the second most intelligent person on the street, only after his dad, actually. Well... Uh, but he look, isn't noticing the subtle hints that are being wafted around him like Ken is. He hasn't spotted that Daisy is somewhat distracted and maybe wanting to spend a bit more time on Ryan than she normally would be.
1: I just love the way that Coronation Street is so scared of middle-class people that they're, they're not even making Daniel, who is literally a landlord. Uh, and there are so many characters on the street who are also landlords into somebody who's actually benefiting at all from the fact that he owns a property that he's renting out to somebody by having refugees in there. (laughs) But they're also not going to address the fact he's kicking them out.
0: (laughs) I know. Um, How how are you finding this story, Gemma? You're gripped by it?
1: I still don't really think I'm ever going to love Lauren the way they want me to, but I'm open to it happening. She just needs to be a bit more... She's she's a bit complicated, kind of which is weird because you know if you think about Becky and Kylie and all the rest of the the sort of the naughty ladies that we all love, um, she's not worse than them, is she? She's not she's not a terrible. She hasn't actually done anything she, wrong. She,
0: she doesn't have the fire in her.
1: She does. She like I. She doesn't have the bolsh. True. That's true. I I've complained before about how she's very apathetic, isn't she?
0: Yeah, she's just her, a bit of a mizzy.
1: Her trying mizzy to knew. get money. Her trying to blackmail. Um, Daisy and Ryan was actually the most go em she's ever been, and it certainly wasn't for any good reason. You know, like a good character. You know, uh, we're gonna love this character because she's doing this no. reason.
0: They've, they've really got to do the walking really a dog a does harder. not
1: does not make me like you yeah <laughs> everybody person. loves
0: dogs look this person's taking freddie for a walk Love show them. me
1: picking up poo when nobody's watching mm. and then maybe i think she's a good person but I bet, I bet you she keeps going and hopes that nobody saw <laughs> freddie do
0: the, the, as for the whole daisy and ryan thing oh <laughs> i just hate it because it's just going so inevitably between them giving in to their carnal desires and <laughs> Bonking in the freezer or on the bench or somewhere in the bistro, aren't they? And I hate it. I really hate it. And I, I also don't like how they're making Daniel... an um,
1: oblivious fool.
0: Well, they also just being a bit distant. And, like, she she offered to go to see Sinead's grave. And he's like, no, no, I'll go by myself. So it's giving her reason, supposedly, we're supposed to think. So it's Driving always giving her, her permission to, to go... I bet Ryan would invite her. He'd lay out the red carpet for um, Daisy to go to Sinead's grave if that's where he was going. But not well, not Daniel. I, I, I just just get on with it, Coronation Street. I I hate it. Uh, and now that Debbie knows, what difference is that going to make? I I don't know. But nice to see Debbie doing something at least. Let's move on. It's, I just can't believe how the story that started so well with the stalking at the beginning of the year, that was brilliant. The acid attack, amazing. It's just gone to this. Ugh.
1: Court skiving, everyone loves... Um, Courtney and Ardy. Courtney. Such a firecracker, that Courtney, isn't she? Honestly. <laughs> Do you know what I'm going to say? I would rather see Courtney have a character rehabilitation than Lauren. Well, yeah, I just ha- think Courtney's got more about her. Mm. And it's it's no reflection on the the actresses because they've just written Courtney as a more interesting character than Lauren.
0: She has got a bit more spark to her.
1: Lauren, Courtney stands up for herself. That's all I want of Lauren. I want her to to stand up for herself and I want her to be her own best friend. maybe
0: crack a smile.
1: Courtney is like her most beloved fan, which I think, good for Courtney. (laughs) (laughs) So on Tuesday, Ardy and Asher are talking uh, because he's still mad at, at... dev but he agrees to go for to dinner with asher and over dinner um they can asher can tell that he's not really happy about this flat that he's in with courtney and he says yeah it's a bit, it's a bit of a dump and i feel like i just uh, courtney deserves better and i should provide it so asher says i i think i can help you so she goes around later and she helps him to redecorate it and Courtney comes in and she's like, "Oh, that's fantastic in it!" And she sees the the paint. She's like, "Oh, amazing! How'd you pick this color?" It's half off it was white
0: was it white I, don't I, think it I was thought white. I think it was kind it of, had a, a um, of a bit of a cornflower pink. blue to it oh
1: god do you remember the amount of times we used to sit there with all the patches of different colors and they're all like this is off yellow this is off white mm-hmm. but this is off pink what but what specific shade of that would you mm-hmm. prefer anyway so so they they paint she, it in... she
0: makes her excuses as she's, to why she doesn't she want to help out
1: she's sick or something yeah she she insults the pink color and goes goes to bed basically and asha is not at all impressed with this and tells ardy that she need he needs to take her to task for being a scrounger um and you know this is the this is the bit that boggles my mind about courtney because we got this spiel about how she was actually quite super smart and uh, she had her MBA or business or whatever, and it was horrible. Her horrible husband that prevented her from working. I don't buy it for a minute. She's just a lazy. She, she really is just shy. really
0: vacuous.
1: If only, uh, if only I had the looks, I'd be a hundred percent on Courtney in Courtney's team. Just grift your whole life and be beautiful and go shopping and get a boy to drive you around. It sounds mm. perfect, but sadly. I don't have the
0: looks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> on Wednesday, Ardi's all dressed up. He's going to go for an interview. He wants to work at Fresh FreshGo. Oh, yeah, I
0: think he told Asher about that on he Wednesday says, Tuesday the episode. But I didn't write it Maybe down. you'd
1: want to go for a job there as well. We should we should get them both. Oh no, he tells Courtney that yeah. surely, and and Courtney uh, Courtney's like, no, I don't want a job. But she gets dr- changed and and dressed up. And then she starts saying that she she's feeling she, sick.
0: Yeah, he he and, cajoles her into it.
1: And and she he goes off to goes while she's throwing up in the toilet. And um, but the, later on, Asha and Nina are, are walking around and they see Courtney and she's gone shopping. So when Ardi joins Nina and Asher in the bistro and tells him that he's she's worried because he was supposed to be Courtney was supposed to be coming with him to a job interview, but she was sick and he's. He knows that he's in a soap, so he suspects she's pregnant, which which a character normally wouldn't do, but this time he he does. And uh, they say, well, she looked pretty fine earlier because she was out shopping. And Ardy's very surprised to hear this, so he returns home and confronts uh, Courtney about this and tells her that he was worried that she was pregnant, and she's got this cock and ball story about um, she. Was insecure about going to this job interview when she doesn't have good enough clothes, and so she had to go shopping for a new wardrobe. (laughs) And he's like, "Oh yeah, makes sense. Yeah, go
0: on then. I suppose so.
1: So you don't
0: have that many clothes.
1: Why isn't she brought her wardrobe with her? Does she not have any clothes from when she was getting a job? Yeah, I think she does. I think she does. Darren, is it Darren? Yeah. Well, she yeah, obviously she's lying. Do you think she's pregnant?
0: No, 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 no. She said that she wasn't pregnant. She's not pregnant. Really hope that she's not going to be pregnant.
1: I think she might be pregnant, but it's Darren's baby.
0: Oh, really? That's a good one. Yeah. I thought... Well, it's just
1: the only thing that makes sense, because if it's if it's Ardy's baby, they've turned this, what they called a steamy summer sex story, into 18 years of relentless drudgery, as Courtney and Ardy discuss who's going to babysit darling little... I don't know, Mercedes.
0: <laughs> it's certainly not steamy or sexy, is it? It might have been not for at a, the moment. A, a little bit. But not uh, when Ardie you've moved is... into
1: a flat that's covered in grime and has got a, a a pulley system to get somebody in and out of bed who's died in the house. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, oh yeah, that's sexy sex swing, wasn't it, that she thought it was? Yeah, no, um,
1: that's not sexy.
0: No, uh, uh, Ardy has kind of just got himself into a hole here and I think he realises that... Um,
1: I don't think he has... He's not realised yet. I think
0: he's. I think it is slowly twigging on him. But then any excuse that he's getting to go. Oh no 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 no! Like with the whole clothes thing. When she came up with the excuse, I think he'd been thinking. Oh, what have I got myself into here? Oh right, okay, and then he jumps on the chance. You know what I mean? To oh yeah. He he doesn't want to to lose face here. He's got in much deeper than he was. Yeah, he's he's got into something and it's not all sweetness and roses like he thought it was, but equally he doesn't want to go crawling back to Dev and admit to him you were right all along about her. Yeah. But I can't can't see it lasting for that much longer. It's got to
1: end soon, it surely. I mean we told we were told it was a summer story and it's October and we're all cold.
0: Yeah. Um, Amy's not been in it this week, but earlier on this year, you know, when she started, when Ardy and Amy, so Ardy and Courtney started going out, they were they were making noise about those two kind of being a couple, weren't they? And he ended up dumping Amy so that he could go out with with Courtney instead. So probably only a matter of time until something happens there. I I, I hope so. I I don't need Courtney to be in it in it much longer. Um, but speaking of couples, I did enjoy seeing a bit more of Nina and Asha.
1: Very sweet. Um, A rare
0: scene of them walking down the street with a haze travel in the background. Well, at least... um, It
1: looks like it.
0: It it seems like... Well, I can't remember whether we've even mentioned this. We've known about it for ages. I think it was revealed in the news for a while. And and there's obviously been pictures that have come out of the Coronation Street experience for the last couple of months saying Haze is the business that's taken... Which one's it taking over? EE. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's taking over the EE shop. So suddenly everyone's going to lose their routers from their homes and um, decide that they I'm want sure to go off on holidays. Mind. So there's going to be holiday brochures over everyone's flats now instead of um, flashing um, flashing. It's a really
1: interesting business to put in there because EE had the present... And This is completely aside to everything we're talking about and we do not know anything about the sponsorship. Just to be clear, we have got no information about this. Please no don't take anything info. that we're saying as anything but the EE stuff you had people with their um, routers in their house for the broadband and you had the shop presence obviously sometimes somebody would have a bag f- mm. with EE on it and also I think sometimes maybe the um, when you looked at a phone it might be that their the provider was EE. Possibly. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I don't remember, remember that. That, did that with Costa it, obviously you got to see them carrying cups about but with Hayes it just feels like it's going to be a really difficult thing to incorporate beyond having it in the background, which makes me wonder... Um, is it a cheaper one? Is it cheaper? Did did some of the other possibilities say, no, we're not having, we don't want sponsorship because we don't feel like you get enough screen time for what you pay? Or well, are they going to write in some kind of plot with Hayes where... No. Yeah, I know but you say no but I say remember that stupid purple bricks story that they put in which was just literally based on purple bricks paying their money mm. to have and it and it, it feels to me like it influenced an actual story
0: they had yeah maybe I, because that was when they sold like with those just shops. to
1: remind everybody purple bricks if you're not from the UK purple bricks is a um a stage in a realtor online. and they sold or tried to sell the Rovers at one point yeah
0: no they've they've, they've been clear that they're not going to have stories set in those Hang shops on. but they do mention them in
1: the past they have I don't know whether they're going to have a different deal with every company I don't know, I don't know um, no, I know. I don't know I either. I think maybe
0: just the the possibly characters will be reading travel brochures instead oh, of chit-chat a good point. for a while. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. You can you can have a brochure on the, mm. on the table. The
0: travel agent isn't really a shop that you go very often because even Not this week days. somebody said, oh, I'm just going down the co-op. It's They like to name drop it, don't they? And they like to have the Argos van going past. People don't just say, oh, you know what, I'm just going to have a browse through the... For the travel agent magazines, do they? Or maybe they will. I don't know. But anyway, um, I would be more interested in Hayes Travel if it was actually run by um, Jacob and Damon Hay. And they popped up at ah! the opening. <laughs> and they were there going, hey, It's us. It's an evil, evil travel agent. With us, the Hayes were back. But um, Jacob's not evil. He's lovely. Um, Hope and glory. Sorry, gory at last.
1: Ah, you did it.
0: One one day's worth of this, but surely this was the sweetest thing that happened all week Basically, Sam wants them to be doing a Halloween do at the at the bistro next week um what well, halloween is tuesday next week isn't it yeah typical that there's not actually going to be a tuesday episode as far as i know i don't think i think will be world cup i think most people weekend. are going to
1: be having their parties this weekend um, in real
0: life and and nick nick and leanne aren't too sure because do you remember do you remember what happened to sam's mum natasha well she only done got shot in a halloween costume it wasn't at halloween i'm gonna say it was two weeks before halloween that she got shot so really I don't know why you would be worried about the actual day himself, but anyway, they're they're <laughs> worried that Sam's gonna have traumatic flashbacks, and he's like, "No, I'm more mature than any of these guys. Yep. I just deal with things. I'm not like Tim, who whinges on about it, and I'm I not don't like have flashbacks. Don't have flashbacks about it. I'm not like Peter Barlow, who go who reaches for the bottle. It's fine. I'm over it. Mum used to, mum and me used to love Halloween before she got gunned down by Harvey Gaskell. So I'm cool. Let's have a Halloween party." And Leanne's like, oh, go on then. I'm the life and soul of the party. Why not? So um, later still, Sam comes up to her and he's like, Leanne, want to book a table for two at the bistro, please. I'm going to try on with, with Hope again. I can't remember what happened between him and Hope earlier this year, but whatever it was, it put the kibosh on their blossoming puppy love romance. But he's up for another shot at it. So he goes to see Hope in the um, cafe. Boys are a strawberry milkshake and the rest is history. They're back together again and they have a lovely little scene where they hold hands and Corrie (laughs) knew exactly what they were doing. I know
1: what they're doing. They know what
0: they're doing. They can melt our hearts with these two.
1: It's so easy.
0: It really, really is. I, I...
1: you don't, have to say,
0: I'd, do you? I'd like to talk to Jude or Bella about this and go, Do you, th- do, you do it? And you go, Ah, I gotta touch a boy. Uh,
1: boy. <laughs>
0: Why are you making me do this coronation's trick? Or are you really loving it as well? Because seriously, I this is so. the sweetest thing ever. Um, and I am very much looking forward to seeing what goes on. I just want it to be, Is there going to be drama at the Bistro Halloween party? I don't need. I don't actually need anything horrible to happen. No. I just want it to be a nice Halloween party. Come on, just give us an enjoyable evening where people get on and they have funny costumes and they have bopping for f- apple Apple mishaps and exactly. I, just, I just want a lovely, lovely Halloween party and Hope and Sam to hold hands and for it to be sweet, really.
1: I think Coronation Street's probably really mad that you're saying that after all of the dissing you did of fancy dress parties.
0: It's been a while since there's been Halloween, I mean, for for fancy dress parties. The thing I don't like about fancy dress in Coronation Street is sometimes they would just dress up in fancy dress for no particular reason and no links to why. You remember like Chesney's dressing up as army men for his stag do that one time. Or whoever it was. But yeah, I'll I'll have Halloween characters dressing up in Halloween costumes for Halloween. That makes sense to me. Let's do it.
1: It is logical.
0: Um, And that is everything that happened in this week's Coronation Street. Hope you enjoyed it more than we did. This really was a week. Usually, even if I'm finding Coronation Street a bit... Boring. Not not so great. I'll be like, ooh, Corrie's on tonight on the days that it's on. And this week I wasn't feeling that. And it's really, really rare for me to not be oh yeah tonight's a curry night i wasn't like oh god i got to watch curry tonight i wasn't i wasn't like that but it was just like oh yeah curry's on okay well, let's watch that then i hope it's all right
1: so i i, 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 think, I, I hope
0: it's going to have a bit of a turn next week i think
1: my mileage on this was always going to be limited because of my dislike of as, of Tim as a character so it he's not your
0: character of the week. This it week, didn't make is what we're me
1: like him anymore to see him having a flashback after flashback. Especially this is now two weeks after Stephen Reed. Yeah, Get over it, Tim. I, I, I'm sorry to say it, but nothing that they did with the character made me sympathise with him anymore.
0: No, the very last scene did. We said,
1: yeah. Well, okay. They could have. They should have done that from the beginning. They just wasted a week of mm. petulant stupidity, and made me dislike him more than I did already, which I wouldn't have said was possible. And And I I also, you know, I'm really primed to empathise with people. That's what I want to do when I watch a soap. I want to broaden my horizons and understand things from a different perspective. And I think some of the things that happened this week just didn't really manage to to do that, especially with Ed and the gambling.
0: Tuesday was the low point. Um, Wednesday was okay. It, I, I, there, there were some really nice um, friends moments. The 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 Peter and Toya, the Gail and Sally. That's, that's the sort of stuff I loved. Um, but it, it just didn't do enough to really, really, really save the week. Um, I think I'm gonna go I'm gonna be harsh this week. Mm. I'm gonna give it two and a half yeah. worthless snotty-nosed brats out of five.
1: I was gonna give it two and a half Definitely, kettles of vultures. <laughs> oh yeah, um, thank,
0: thank you, Roy, for educating you, us boy. yet again this week.
1: Um, so,
0: uh, nah. um, as for character of the week, um, <sighs> yeah, it's not not really. Ooh. Um,
1: Ooh.
0: I, Ooh, I don't know. I, I had, had the, Pete, per, to be perfectly honest. The person that I enjoyed watching the most this week was Sam, and he had such a small role. He was barely in it. Toya was lovely. Oh, Toya. I'm going to pick Toya. <laughs> you're going to pick Toya
1: for a two-scene you're scene going appearance? to pick Sam, I get to pick Toya. Fine, okay. So,
0: Toya and Sam as our characters of the week, so Well we refreshing. clearly weren't supposed to be... Um,
1: it was so siding. refreshing to see Toya pitch up on Wednesday and say, do you remember why everybody... Well, do you remember why you like me as a character? I'm just going to relate to everybody in a really sensible way. And wholesome and logical way, and and she
0: was just friendly and having a bit of fun. Yeah, a laugh. she was
1: just a nice person. And she didn't fe- even mention Reggie a,
0: Lasagna in they a didn't...
1: week of really, bun- what a bunch of arseholes? really.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Sam maybe, and Toya isn't maybe, doing maybe the a small, small shout hand.
1: out to, to Asha for trying to knock some sense into her stupid oh, brother.
0: Asha, she's going to be a paramedic. They had not forgotten. Oh, they mentioned it. They talked it. about her
1: training. Yeah, good. I'm glad that they've remembered that. I really, I think there's a lot of mileage.
0: But there please is, don't but... turn
1: her into into another Craig where they just pitch up for no reason. When and she's
0: going to be a, a top consultant within the next... Uh, yeah, she's going to be oh, on the yeah. fast track like Craig is head in the police at the head moment. Head of
1: the It's just going to mean Association.
0: that every time...
1: Someone hurts themselves. Every
0: time that someone hurts themselves, she's going to turn up. And they they don't do that Craig all the time. But I do quite like my emergency service worker characters to not have a personality because I think they sometimes can be a bit more believable and they don't have the baggage.
1: Well, also you you can you can move on with your life when they do something like the guy that killed Imran by being very blasé and going it's Friday or whatever it is. (laughs) I'm not bothered about this. I hope he dies and not really doing a good job. Mm. So I don't think Asha would do that.
0: I'm sure someone's going to die on her watch and she'll um, be, she'll have be in bits about it. Maybe she'll have
1: flashbacks. Oh, maybe. That'll be something to look
0: well, forward to. maybe it is. So um, <laughs> that's it for Street Talk. Let's move on to the news.
1: To start off our cabin section, we've got some sad news uh, reporting the death of Bill Kenwright, who was aged 78. He died on Monday and it was announced on Tuesday and he played Gordon Clegg in coronation street uh he was in was it fewer than 100 or it was it was around episodes. about
0: 100 episodes so not a huge huge character but he was one of these characters that had a massive um span of time on the show a bit like stephen reed if you were oh
1: yeah that's right because he um, was in it um he was
0: in it in 1968 to 1969 and then just on and off until like 1968.
1: was it what have you written
0: i've written he was in it in 68 to 68 i don't think that's true we find we haven't we haven't done a character profile of Gordon Clegg yet. I feel one may be imminent, um, but yeah, he he was on and off just um, coming up to Weatherfield to to visit Betty um, up until nineteen ninety five. He was recast. Um, yeah, so he was most
1: famously then... Betty's son.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was he was Betty's son indeed. Um, yeah, and then he came back again for Betty's funeral in uh, two thousand and twelve. But yeah, we, we will we will do a character profile of him in good time. But I'm um, really sad to hear this uh, news this week. Quite. Um, yeah, yeah. when yeah, ways. unexpected. You never know what to expect, do you? But we hadn't heard anything about him being ill. It turns out that he had been. Um, but yes, yeah, sa- really sad to when 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 these are old Corey legends. Um, we, we hear things like this, and he's had so many tributes paid uh, to him. Well, because he wasn't in just in Corey. Well, he no, that, that was kind of a minor thing.
1: Not long after he appeared for the first time. As Gordon, then he sort of returned. Yeah, he would always various, make a make yeah. a thing
0: about coming back to play Gordon when it was needed.
1: But he became a theatrical producer in 1970. And he also was the chairman of Everton Football Club. And he had a very, very successful career oh, in theatre. I mean, absolutely. He is Sullivan one of the Corey. biggest
0: names in, in theatre. I, I was just scrolling through Facebook earlier this evening and Andrew Lloyd Webber had put a post yeah. out to him. But absolutely huge. One of his biggest successes was... Um, rejuvenating uh the movie the movie sorry the musical blood brothers um in in the 80s i think it was and then um he was the one behind the national tour of joseph and the technicolor green coat which what? was what <laughs> i not supposed to be a tongue twister technicolored dream coat
1: technicolor green coat yes
0: you know the one um so yeah a huge huge name um and yeah, he he had a, a, a life well lived for sure, so there'll be an awful lot of people that will um that will be missing him and um, tributes as I say have, have been pouring in um, I've got a few from Corrie related people here including John Whiston who's the, uh, the MD of Continuing Drama and head of ITV in the North uh, who says though he is known to the world as the top theatre producer and chairman of Everton, he is known to Coronation Street fans as Gordon Clegg the illegitimate son of the much loved Betty Williams. Though he left the show in 1969 to pursue a stellar career as a producer, we will always be grateful to him for returning from time to time to Take part in important storylines, none more so than when he returned to the street for his mother's funeral in 2012.
1: It's really cool that he came back, even though he had such a massive career outside the show. It's
0: it's really nice because you know it goes
1: to show you how much it meant to him to be in Korea. I guess. Well, yeah,
0: and it was I guess it was a show that really kind of launched him into the public eye. Helped helped him get there in the early days um well
1: maybe we don't
0: know I, I Anthony Cotton said
1: uh, rest in peace Bill Kenwright you were always so kind and so supportive to me over the years you were totally in love with our business and everyone who worked in it and also of course your beloved football club a real highlight of my time in Coronation Street was chatting to you over the Rovers Bar when our Betty passed away one of the greats for sure an icon see you on the other side sir
0: um Justin Gemmell who played Robert Preston um put out a few tweets um on the evening I think um uh, Bill's death really affected him and kind of said devastating news. He was a force of nature, passionate, kind, and fiercely loyal. The British theatre landscape won't be the same without him, and I was lucky enough to cross his path and feel the bond of family that he cultivated. R.I.P., a very great man.
1: And Sally Anne Matthews said, what a man, what a character. Thank you for the opportunities you gave me and countless others. There was no one quite like you.
0: Honestly, it's so so many good things we, yeah. when he was alive we, we were hearing about him. He was so well loved and respected um in the industry and I think yeah, he's going to be a be a real loss. So um yeah, we we will we will talk more about Gordon in the coming weeks no doubt. Yeah. Um, next up in the news, Shirley Houston is keeping herself busy when she's not exactly drowning in scenes at Coronation Street. And we talked a number of times before about her um, triple C Organization, which has been a great project in the last—I can't remember how long it's been going, decade or so, maybe—and um, it's about getting disabled people uh, more involved in the arts. And what they're launching now is a youth theatre and a new creative community project with the help of National Lottery funding. So that's great. Sorry, I forgot—I I, I misspoke at the beginning of this segment. I didn't say Lee Houston MBE. I'm sure that's how she prefers to be. Uh, well, wouldn't you prefer just?
1: What if I'm not going to, if you're going
0: to be project? an MBE, you want people to say it every time. Absolutely. Sally dinner is the same, honestly. Can't stop her about it. Triple C, um, so she said, uh, we wanted to set up a youth theatre that's fully accessible to all disabilities and to all access requirements because it's such a strong thing that changes people's confidence. Um, and so they've, they've opened up this theatre group for, for two groups, 8 to 11, 12 to 16. Um, and you can go for taste sessions throughout November with plans to run sessions regularly from January. So that's lovely. I just, I really love it when you hear about, um, what well, Coronation Street actors, particularly for us, who have got these noble, charitable side projects. Um, and it's not just a, you know, flash in the pan or look at me, look what I'm doing. But this is obviously something that, that Sherry Lee and, um, I think Melissa Johns is involved in it as well. Do you remember who played yep. Imogen? Um, they so, so important to them and, um, uh, it's always lovely to hear what they're up to next. That's reminded me, and I, I, I forgot, I've not written it in the notes here, but I also um, read earlier today, um, Rebecca sent it, that um let me just see if i can ad lib this see if i can remember now rob mallard has become a patron of the people with uh it, it's, a, it's a charity for people with the essential tremor you know that he's got okay. um so so that's more fantastic charity work good for him um but yeah good for sherry houston MBE. um i'd also like to wish a tangentially cory related get well soon to lucy joe hudson who played that's right katie harris
1: Oh, I didn't know you were pointing at me. I'm
0: oh, sorry. Yeah, you were just looking at What did we talk about the spider on the wall last podcast? Because this this spider, I I think it might. I think it might have spun its last web. It's not. Look, it's, it's not moved much recently. You,
1: why bring it up? sorry, on.
0: Lucy Joe Hudson. So she was. Um, she she put out on her social media last week that she's been rushed to hospital for a blood transfusion um, after suffering dangerously low hemoglobin levels. Did we say she played Katie Harris on Coronation Street? Currently killing it as um in classic Corrie on ITV3. Um, she it's still being assessed. So she's still being assessed for underlying causes. Um, why is
1: this she, in the news section?
0: Because it's a slow news week, so we don't need Lucy to report Germany. on
1: everything. I just want
0: to say, get well soon, like we say, I know, well done if you got okay. married or had a baby. It's a bit nosy, or... isn't it? No, I just thought that I don't know. Well, how I I hope this.
1: she feels better soon.
0: I yeah, okay, me too. But I
1: don't know why.
0: I you know, make, make more news intrusive. happen, Curry people. I just wanted to say, we're... feels
1: very intrusive. It's not like. Everyone wants to hear about my hour long discussion about me going to hospital with appendicitis. <laughs>
0: Everybody loved your appendicitis story, Trevor, so why not put Lucy Joe Hudson with her dangerously low haemoglobin levels as bronze position in our news this week, honestly? Well, please could you intrude in the privacy of Ellie Leach and let us know what she's been up to and Strictly Come Dancing recently before we move on? She got good scores. They're good, 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 good this week, yeah.
1: She got 37.
0: That's like nearly Second. full marks. Nine out of ten and two no more nines. Second yeah. on the leader table. What she dance?
1: She did a dance. Yeah. On well, the hokey cokey, was it? You don't get 37
0: points for that.
1: By faithless. She
0: did the Paso Doble, Doublé. Do I don't know. I didn't watch it. You know we didn't watch it.
1: Well, let's. Just like Should we do feedback? <laughs> I don't know. It's not really... You don't yeah. need to... This is what I've oh, said i said about this section. Oh, I not be our news. It's not... It doesn't have to be a certain length. It's not... The That's night... absolutely right. It's not the 10 o'clock news. We don't have to <laughs> fill half an hour.
0: And finally this evening. Um... In
1: other news, look at this cute donkey. Fell down a hole and... <laughs> Anyway If there had
0: been a cute donkey That had fallen down the hole On Coronation Street That would be number one That would be up there
1: Yeah but who would Who would take it in Would it be the Weatherfield North Donkey Sanctuary Good question Very
0: good question Well listeners While you muse over that one um, We're going to play some music And then get back in just a second For our feedback section Sorry Here we are. Did you enjoy that little little musical interlude? We've got some feedback now. It's lovely feedback. We've got lots of people they have told us about what they thought of last week's big Coronation Street. Oh, was it the week before? It was the week before. It doesn't matter. Gemma, three and a half out of five. Are you was having just...
1: troubles this with this? I'm just a little bit. You yeah, know, I it's been a long day for this me. This hasn't been a great episode from. May. We're
0: just building up to episode 600 next week which is surely going to be spectacular although it, it does hang on um, is next week's Coronation Street good so I hope that they realising that it's our 600th episode next week so are going to pull it out of the bag. Anyway, three and a half out of five is what the Facebook group scored last week's coronation street, and that includes Leah, who gave it <laughs> three times that Tim had a flashback out of five. Les, four purchases with Norris's fraudulent credit card that oh, hasn't yeah, come up this week so takes a little while to apply for fraudulent credit cards. Yeah, um, and Jonathan, four cast offs from a dead serial killer out of five. Thank you, everybody who voted for that. And uh, Gemma, we've got an email here from a lady called Donna. He says, first time listener. Nice. And it was the oh, episode about me. Stephen Reed. I think we've gained a few new listeners with our oh, Stephen no. Reid. Sorry, we're not going to talk about him much anymore. This um,
1: makes me feel bad because I did a really bad, like, episode today. Oh, well. It's... No, but it's
0: okay because since writing this email, okay. Donna has written back and says she's been listening to some of our older episodes. So I'm sure she's found some good sorry, ones. Sorry,
1: I can only apologise.
0: Well, no, I to say, we're not going to talk much about Stephen Reed anymore. Um, but we have done an awful lot about him in the past month, and I'm sure he'll get a mention again towards the end of the year anyway, um, Donna she talks gonna... about yes, yeah, sorry Donna, sorry you, read you, out, having just watched read out. Old, no, <laughs> um, the Canadian element she wants to talk about Jim and his Toronto Jays shirt, etc. I've watched Cory for as long as I can remember before I started school for certain in nineteen seventy raised in northern Canada, we had three channels c b c French, and fuzzy. are they the real what? names. The French Channel, the Fuzzy Channel—I well, don't know about that—and all the housewives watch the street. Um, I've fuzzy. gone. I don't. I don't understand. Is that, is that a Canadian? Slang? It could be. I don't I like don't... the
1: Beeb is BBC. Yeah, could be. Or just Canadians just call things Fuzzy. That's fine. (laughs) We don't know. Someone's got to do it.
0: Fuzzy is the channel that you try to watch, but there's a massive Canadian snowstorm outside, isn't there? And you have to adjust your aerial.
1: Was Donna and and her her friends all trying to watch the naughty channels that were... Maybe. The yeah. fuzzy, the fuzzy mm. nude ones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've gone back and rewatched the entire series, uh, what I could find anyway, and have thoroughly enjoyed it. Have to say though, Corrie could tone it down a little with the Canadian stuff. Some oh. of it's a bit much. Not too many here are all about that crazy maple syrup, for no, instance. No, all
1: that crazy about maple syrup. Oh yeah,
0: I've got the gist of it. But don't mess with our hockey. What do you think about that? Too much Canada stuff for Canadians. No, no,
1: she's saying it's too stereotypical. Yeah, I do. No, right, It's not the thing. Is I get what you mean, but you have to understand that it's for us dumb English people that don't know what Canadians are. You can't
0: make subtle references and expect. And us to And if a get Canadian
1: them. turned up and started talking about, you know, things I don't even know about because I'm not Canadian, we wouldn't get it until he went so maple syrup, and we go oh Canadian.
0: What I know about Canadians is no, maple not. syrup, mooses, timbits. Tim Hortons, yes, we've learnt about that thanks to the podcast, thank you very much. Alanis Morissette, Avril You always Levine. say
1: Lan- Alanis Morissette.
0: She's one of the watchers, yeah, I know her. I um, don't know her. And um, obviously Terrence and Philip.
1: Donna never wrote in to have more stereotypes thrown at her.
0: I'm just giving any She's any, any curry writers them. who might be listening a bit of extra material that you might want Stephen to Stephen Reed from. should have
1: been like, hey, I remember watching the Fuzzy Channel when I was a <laughs> kid.
0: Maybe anyway, Donna. I hope. Um, the, the, Thank you, Donna. I hope you carry on listening. You need to write
1: in a. You need to send a package of Canadian things to yes. Coronation Street to let them know what to write about next time they have a Canadian character.
0: Yeah, but I don't think I. I, I wonder whether we're going to have a bit of a Canadian break now. There's, you know, with Stephen. He was always there, potentially in the background, wasn't I he? Told Just you. ripe for a comeback. I told you. And and Adam went over to Canada, and Ken went over to Canada, and now nobody's really got any reason to go yep. over to Canada nope. anymore.
1: Nope, his long lost child will turn up and be Canadian.
0: Oh well, there we go. Let's uh, we'll look out for that. And then, then shall we'll we? make
1: sure that they mention. Well, you've got to tell us, Donna.
0: What other Canadian things should we know about?
1: Yeah, poutine. You didn't mention that, did he? I think it's because no. nobody knows how to say it here. Is it poutine? Pu- yeah, you might
0: accidentally. Is
1: it is it poutine? You know,
0: mention a person. Mm. <laughs> Gemma Nicole has written to us. What should
1: say. Thank you, Donna. I hope that you like listening. Onwards from now, Nicole says. So I've only just listened to your podcast following your appendectomy. That's me. Since we are so far behind in Canada, three and a half weeks, I figure, I actually enjoyed listening to your story of navigating the medical system. There we go. I think in Canada the weights would be similar. I'm glad you had an answer to your health concerns you have been having lately. That's a relief. Hopefully you're now fully recovered and I hope your healing didn't interfere with your birthday celebrations.
0: Commentary, Gemma?
1: No, I I can't lift anything or do any exercise or tidying or cleaning.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. you can get me to do. I can it. do
1: whatever else I want. But I keep saying
0: things. that you could post a picture of your crocheted appendix on oh, our social yes, media. My
1: friend made me one. Lovely <laughs> Rachel
0: has made Gemma uh, a, a, an, an angry appendix, haven't yeah. you?
1: Yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, she says so. Cory's getting excited over here. We've just found out. Le- We've just found Leo's body, and Stephen's looking worried. I love that they wrote some scenes where he looked happy and relaxed after his holiday with Jenny. He obviously enjoys her company much more than he ever did Elaine's. I think he was seeing a brighter future for himself. And now comes trouble. I kind of hope he bumps someone else off before he gets caught out. Don't,
0: don't tell her, everybody. No, don't don't tell anything. Nicole.
1: The other stories are good too. Paul's M&D and Ardy Courtney fiasco. Lots to look forward to. Anyway, just wanted to send my good wishes for a full recovery and happy Halloween. That's nice. Thank you very I much. I somebody's feeling
0: positive. <laughs> That's okay. I don't mean to start tonight's episode with such a downer. What, like a
1: two hour long moaning about... Sometimes you just got to
0: do that, haven't you? Sometimes. It
1: means that we when we praise it, we're not just making it up.
0: You know that I absolutely loved the scene with Sam and Hope and the scene with Toya and Peter. They were great this week.
1: Read out George's email
0: George says This week has totally Made me dislike Audrey Here we go George Is this going to make us Totally dislike you Oh no With the way she's been behaving Especially towards George Regarding Stephen's funeral As she kept pestering him To change his mind When he'd made the decision To say no And I did not like that Snide comment Gail made to my Todd Leave him out of this (laughs) Speaking of my boy I'm I'm reading a nice expression for him today. Speaking of my boy, I'm glad he had the decency to realise how impactful doing Stephen's funeral could be. And I'm glad he's got the balls to put his foot down, even if it meant George must fly solo. Although moves like that do have me worried he'll be out that door again and he's only just returned. And finally, who knew that Todd was partial to a pink wafer? It had me craving one, despite the fact that I don't think I've ever had one for my had one. For me, my preference would be malted milk followed closely by both plain and chocolate digesters. Important. Very important feedback, George. Thank you very much.
1: Pink wafers, <laughs> I'm
0: going to say. I love pink
1: wafers. No. Bl- what? Yes, they're delicious. Pink wafers
0: are the... Most bo- are you joel kidding they're the joel of me. biscuits no they're Gemma. not <laughs> they really no, really are gonna, they've got no, no flavour to
1: them the joel of biscuits is a malted milk sorry George <laughs> but that's that's the dire biscuit that's that's as bad as those nice biscuits they're horrible nice biscuits are no, alright I wouldn't terrible. say that no they're okay no. they've got a bit of crunch and sugar to them no pink wafers, pink wafers just, are pink wafers are great I love it they're I could just eat dry them. and
0: flavourless oh, no I
1: could eat a a tiny whole bit of
0: strawberry in there no 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 it's not supposed to taste a
1: strawberry it tastes off pink
0: and and taste the taste of the well, abstract
1: conception of the color pink, and when they go in a
0: biscuit barrel with everything else, you just get a little pinkness all over everything. Well, I, don't worry, i it. Of, bit of wafery, flaky books No, I don't want a pink wafer. Well,
1: you're not having it. I'll eat, you know. I'm
0: gonna say, what's I, your
1: favourite I, biscuit? Then,
0: um, I did have a quite a large number of, salt, of custard creams when I was in school today. Just helped to get me through that afternoon. They're up there, custard creams and ball bonds. Custard I
1: like, creams are such a pedestrian choice. Yeah. You look... But, sorry, pink <laughs> yeah, wafers
0: are not your favourite biscuit. I didn't biscuit. say they were my favourite biscuit. What's your favourite biscuit? Uh, I Can, can I say that sounds, nice?
1: that sounds cosmopolitan and avant-garde? <laughs>
0: Viscount.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know. What do I like? You don't. I don't really eat biscuits.
0: But if you did, but you would I eat... But if I did,
1: goodness me.
0: We'll leave you to well, ponder that. Silence is
1: damning, isn't it? Gemma...
0: Um, I'm sorry listeners what, what you... write in and tell Gemma what her favourite biscuit is
1: what's my favourite so biscuit? biscuit oh I know I like those you know those super chocolatey Marks and Spencers ones
0: oh there we go the you massive, are a lady like, with an lady of like, half
1: an inch of chocolate on the top what are they nice. called
0: just extra chocolatey extra chocolate chocolatey, rounds extra chocolatey yeah chocolate <laughs> they're, they're rounds nice. um, anyway yeah I what was I going to say no, does George, sorry, does Todd like pink wafers? I'm going to say yes, because well, Coronation Street scre- script did. writers do like to do a thing sometimes. Mm. When they have a gay character, they like pink things or sparkly things or camp programs. And I'm going to say that,
1: you are not getting him This is, this is why uh, I don't.
0: Paul and his unicorn onesie.
1: Michael, you don't have a clue.
0: I just don't think that Todd strikes me as a pink wafer kind of guy. I think I he'd like think a was... Bourbon.
1: I think it was just supposed to be a juxtaposition between him being a man
0: I, I and don't liking, liking a, a pink wafer. I think it was a gay reference. And I, don't, I think it I don't... was outdated at that. Hmm?
1: Well, if you <laughs>
0: He always used to make jokes in the past in the 80s. He couldn't stop people no. joking about anyway. I don't
1: know why you're going down this road. It clearly was a reference it was if you're gay and you like pink wafers right in
0: or if you don't let us know as well to show that the stereotype if you're gay is gay writing
1: about your favorite biscuit and then we'll decide whether coronation street's joke is allowed if we get invited
0: to it one of those be... gay weddings that people said they're invited and they've got pink so wafers at the reception oh uh, uh, we we'll don't know even know right. who
1: wrote the episode you don't even know who wrote the episode
0: i've got no idea um rebecca Gemma. what has she got to say about what a can of worms
1: what can I worms? Sorry. Rebecca said... George of-
0: started it.
1: First of all, as much as I thought Tim would be fine, I wasn't sure. Although if I'd seen the article that Joe had signed a year's extension, I think he would have been fine. Why did they release that information? I didn't hear anything about I that. I did not
0: hear anything about that. What a silly thing to release.
1: Why do they do it?
0: Oh, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I. Mm. I think I had actually seen a picture of Joe...
1: What with a big quill no, and, no, no, and no, a, no. signing a Stephen paper. He was posing for
0: something or other on social media about three or four weeks oh. ago, but I thought, oh, maybe just maybe. I didn't think he was going to get killed anyway. What we're talking about? She says, "If they'd have had a Paul Wilcox leaving party, though, a, maybe what
1: Paul Wilcox? Paula. Okay, he plays Elaine. Rebecca says she does. However, I, I think Tim might suffer from psychological problems due to him suffering from Stephen flashbacks so in a way. Like Peter, he might be the final victim." Speaking of Peter, I love Peter, but I'm willing...
0: Can you flashback yourself to death? Can you have a flashback so far that you flash back to before you were born and then, and then you, you just die. become it?
1: Ooh, that sounds like a Stephen King novel. <laughs> so she says, uh, love Peter, but I'm willing to say what he did to Stephen was wrong. Although, in Peter's defence, I do believe he thought Jenny was going to be hurt. I think Jenny's evidence might be the final nail in the coffin sending Peter to prison.
0: That's what we thought. It turned out.
1: I think we It was just up. Swain's
0: get out clause.
1: Swain's like, there's so much paperwork in there. so I just say? Yeah. And her her co-worker's like, Mm-mm. she's like, oh yeah, that's right. I said, you can talk. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> we'll just what, do what I want then, shall we?
0: Oh yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. you can't
1: talk. Okay, all right, let's get and have a cup of tea. Rebecca says,
0: "I think that maybe he's on a sponsored silence to raise new raise funds for new games in the in the police break room because all they've to got Roland is work. Guess who? <laughs> That's the wrong I've just joke making a
1: previous podcast. Funny podcast. joke. Oh, my God, Carla going to Spain was weird, and I agree. Couldn't you just do a Zoom call? Whoever thought bringing up the end of a trip through Daniel's board was a good idea? I thought the writers had forgotten about that." as for Ryan and Daisy sleeping together stupid trauma bond but as much as Daisy will use that as an excuse the damage has been done I'm wondering if it'll all come out on Christmas day although the bonfire night will still be more fitting for fireworks to explode
0: they don't really do bonfire night on Coronation Street do they? no it's, it's
1: not the street really away
0: to a to anyone thing. fireworks yeah as soon as Rita's
1: gone as soon as instead they're going to have a massive firework display everyone's going to be running around the street with <laughs> sparklers and was going to be Catherine wheels will. nailed to the wall it's going to be brilliant Roman
0: candles in the front gardens <laughs>
1: Popping off. But for now, Rita is things. like
0: saying, not on my watch, lady.
1: No. Um, Rebecca no. says, <laughs> I still maintain Daisy and Daniel will get married, but maybe not till next year as they will definitely break apart. But I like Gemma's analogy of speed too for Ryan and Daisy's relationship. Also, I have no idea why Lauren needs the money. I'm really feeling for Michael at the moment. Ryan Russell is doing a great job. I felt for him when Sarah sacked him and when he said he wanted to be a good role model to glory. Finally, I'm glad Todd and George have made up. But did we really need this week? Not really. Also, I'm gutted that Lee seems to have left. Character of the week is Tim. Sorry, Gemma, but Michael is a good second choice, and I give this week three times where I moved in with his auntie, who wasn't really his auntie at five. Lovely. Thank you um, very much. <laughs>
0: yeah, Michael, I I do I do very much enjoy that. I think the story, yeah, moved away from him. It was it was quite Michael centric on Monday, wasn't it? With the old bag of wonga, but. Um,
1: Bag-a-wonga. More
0: Michael, I say. Finally, Nancy was surprised that DS Swain didn't question Tim about his ordeal with Stephen.
1: Yeah, did we have any? Did we have a any flash Tim forward the, of Tim?
0: Tim in the police station? I don't remember. Um, Carla is honest at her core. And she turned her brother in when she figured out he killed Tina, remember? I think Carla will probably give Peter moral support, but will not condone what he did. Yeah, that's going to be quite interesting to see what's the mental state of mind Peter is in when Carla does... Um, Return from Espana. Um, Tim being in the boot of the car reminded me when Paul Connor put Leanne in the boot of his. Um, I'm surprised he got out so fast, though. I do hope Audrey will come to terms with Stephen Crimes, and I'd like to have seen scenes with Steve and Tim where Tim speaks to him about what happened. Well, we got that this week. I would also like to see Tracy's reaction, too. We also got that this week. I'm surprised... Ra- yeah. Um, I'm surprised Ryan gave Lauren any money. I reckon... I like this. Daisy is going to tell Daniel about her and Ryan first. She's not going to want to pay Lauren any more money. Do you think she would? In order to avoid being blackmailed, Daisy says, well, I'm just going to tell Daniel what's happened and then she's got nothing to hold over us?
1: Yeah, that that could happen for sure. I think Daisy's a more of a proactive person. But is she going to tell Daniel... Um, by the way, I'm off with Ryan or what? Yeah,
0: that's the thing. It's like, oh I'm really, really sorry I've made a mistake. She she still seems to be in the guilty stage at the moment, doesn't she? Do um, you see a
1: future with Ryan and Daisy or do you think it's Daniel and Daisy? It's really
0: difficult to see a future with literally any couple on Coronation <laughs> Street because anyone who gets together will be split up within the next few years. I think they could go together, but I really did have my heart set on Daniel and Daisy. Yeah,
1: so I'd I be think Daniel and Daisy but... are too similar.
0: Yeah, I. It's if, not an
1: interesting couple to me. Not
0: particularly, but maybe they, maybe that could be good for them. Maybe they could just be kind of normal, and nah. have some kids, and just go on with a normal job. I don't know. Um, yeah, interesting idea, Nancy. Mm. Um, she says also, I hope Ed gets some help with his gambling problem. I feel bad for Michael. He's got a real talent, and it's too bad he fell for Stephen's lies. Um, I'm happy George finally made up with Todd, but why did Lee have to leave so soon? It would have been great to see George, Todd and Lee work together. I would
1: have loved to have seen Todd and Lee work together. I think it would be funny. I
0: think that they could have had a real kind of proper clash, couldn't they? Yeah. And, and Todd just...
1: Because Todd's like, this guy's an idiot. Yeah. And George would be like, just be nice to him. You didn't know what you were doing when you first started. And and Lee's just kind of bumbling along trying to do his best. And Todd's just so impatient and rude.
0: mm but, but, in order for way. that to have happened, they'd needed to have rebuilt the Undertaker's set, which they seem to have lost. <laughs> That's the only, only explanation I can come up with for that at the moment. Nancy gave last week's episodes three Stephen Reed Demon Bombers, Barbers out of five. <laughs> no, no, no. And the character of the week is Michael. Congrats, Michael.
1: Hooray! That's it!
0: For our final episode of the Five Hundreds. What a crap Guys, episode. Even if we don't pull out the stops in any way, shape, or form next week. And I'm not gonna say it's not gonna happen. No,
1: it won't happen. It's just, just we got haven't got, no got any ideas
0: at the moment and we've got what quite on a busy Earth weekend.
1: Possibly have happen happened.
0: I think we're gonna need to rely on our lovely listeners to make episode six hundred special. So send us an email, tell us your favourite single minute from all of our 600 episodes and that is 600 plus of course because of all the bonus podcasts Um, send us a review on iTunes and score us 6 stars out of 5 for the 600th episode send us a voicemail I'm going to say it again come on it's a special episode and um, just uh, Coronation Street if you could make sure that next week's episodes are great that would be lovely
1: yeah do that that would be very
0: very nice so that's it. It's time for us to finish. Um, thank you everybody for listening. If you would like to get in touch, which I know you would, between now and next week, our email is conversationstreet@gmail.com. at um, You can find us on Instagram where I occasionally post AI generated Coronation Street scenes this week in the style of The Simpsons. You like, en- enjoyed them this week, Gemma? You know Got I did. Of... Yeah, I know. I just want to hear it again. Tell me how great they were.
1: Michael's content is incredible second to none
0: second really, to none AI generated Coronation Street if content if you want
1: to see emojis,
0: I haven't done them for this weekend or yeah.
1: AI generated scenes from the past week in various styles
0: I've done two styles and I've got like two other ideas <laughs> so I don't know if this is gonna keep going Instagram to keep going until Christmas Instagram
1: and, and Twitter are the place to go yeah exactly, exactly don't go to threads because we forgot that exists
0: we haven't posted on threads for about I'm going to say two months, but it's just there, you can follow us if ready you like. to re pick up that thread should Twitter completely crash and burn, which is on its way to doing.
1: Please join our Patreon.
0: That'd be nice.
1: It's so much better than this one.
0: Um, we're on. It's not
1: really. It's kind of the same.
0: Join our Facebook group. We have welcomed a few more members this well, yeah, week. We've got loads hello, of hello, hello. If that's you. Um, thank you to everybody who leaves us comments on Spotify. We occasionally look at them, but I, it's not as easy for me to do it Um, because it's not just a click of a button away. Um, And big, 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 big thank you again to everybody who supports us on YouTube. Um, That's always lovely. If ever you see one of our YouTube videos pop up, just open it and close it again. Watch that advert. Give us a like. Write a comment. It's fantastic. Okay. And... um,
1: Thank you, everybody, That's for listening. It. We'll see you next week. Emma wants to go. Goodbye. Oh, he's just dragging it out now. I see know. You, I'm just clinging week.
0: on to these 500s. i just see what happens. 600s is a
1: new world for us.
0: Yeah. 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 Let's stride on. What
1: should we do? Towards the what, bright what future of the 600s. We're going to focus on.
0: Wait and see. Yeah, Goodbye. Yeah, yeah, TV. The soon. music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com.